Welcome to None of Nick's Friends Like Comics, a podcast where a comic book enthusiast talks to a newcomer about a piece of work in the medium, and we break it down to see if his friend, a first-time reader, will pull it or drop it. I'm your guest host, Scott Livingston, and my co-host today is none other than the host of None of My Friends Like Comics podcast, Nick Poffenbarger. That's me. That's me. This is where you need a button to do applause. Oh, yeah, shit. I think I have it. Really? Oh, that's, that's laughing at us. There we go. Hey. Nice. Thank you, studio audience. That's brilliant. I didn't know you had those. Yeah. <laughs> we did that. Those are just the samples that fucking come with it. I don't know. I love it. I wish I'd known. Uh, so, today, tonight. Yeah. We're talking about Superman Year One. It's the oh, it's the return of uh, Frank, <laughs> frankly, friends. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know I'd intended to actually write a theme song for it. <laughs> it was just going to be something stupid and like five seconds long, and I didn't get around to it. I would like that. We'll do it on future episodes yeah. when we do more Frank Miller stuff. I'll get because we talk it. about Frank Miller things. That's our thing on this show, apparently. So <laughs> yeah, obviously we thought this book was the the obvious. Uh, Number two, after the last one, being the exact same creative team. I didn't even put that together when we first <laughs> talked about it, but I do remember uh, when we talked about Frank Miller things, you said that uh, we could do this one because I hadn't read it, or at least I thought I hadn't read it. I think I, I think I did read the first issue of this when it came out, but I did not finish it. I don't remember why. I don't remember th- like disliking it or anything. I just, I just didn't finish it. But uh, yeah, we're talking about uh, Superman Year One. Frank Miller, John Romita Jr., same creative team as Daredevil, Man Without Fear that we did the last time that we did the show together. And as far as I can tell, it's like the only, those are like the only two things I could find that they've done together. That's interesting because yeah. they're like, they came up around the same time. They're like seemingly pretty good friends. Daredevil was successful enough. I'm sure it made him a bunch of money. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very well-known miniseries. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't yeah, know. there's actually, I tried doing like proper research and there's not a whole lot about this. Like this book does not even have a Wikipedia page. Really? Uh, Superman so Earth weird. One does. Yeah. But yeah. Superman Year One, there's like a scarce, like a scarcity of uh, any kind of details. So I bet you, uh, let me, let me just guess real quick because I didn't do any research for this, obviously, since I'm the first time reader. But uh, um, I'm just going to guess that most of what you found is just... Uh, Puff hype pieces hyping up the book before it came out. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So I should have written this at the beginning of my notes. Let me scroll down because this was worth mentioning. Uh, there was an interview with uh, SupermanHomepage.com. Okay. Ahead of the release of this, and this is a quote from John Romita Jr. So quote. I say this with humility and as a humble, shy person, but this is the best book you're ever going to read. Whoa. Unquote. What? <laughs> it's like, that's not humble at all, sir. Damn. You're already changing my opinion about this book. <laughs> Hang on. Like, I, I, damn. Well, I'm glad I didn't like look into any hype about this book beforehand. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. The best book you're ever going to read. Wow. That's a bold statement. In all of literature, John? <laughs> he didn't even say comic book. He didn't even he say comic He said read. Book. Just read in general. <laughs> like, oh, man. John, John, that's rough, man. I don't know about that. Uh, so, yeah, not not much in the way of like... And and I will, be, I will be clear, too. I'm not about to, you know, in the process of this episode, tear this book apart. But, I mean, I will be fair in my criticism. But, I mean, fuck, even if this was... Watchmen or something. I wouldn't never say this will be the 
best thing you're ever going to read. <laughs> oh, no one should say that. Yeah, no about, one should ever say about that. anything they create. <laughs> like it's just like we were in a band together, and I would never be like, "This is the best album you're ever going to hear." Because and then I come behind you and I go, "Yeah, motherfucker," and I, and I punch that. him in the face, whoever you're talking to. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just, that's just a. It's just a weird thing to say. Weird thing for someone like Ramita to say too. Like, yeah. like as if he has something to prove, you know? Right. Like it's like already being like a legendary status artist. I, like we were just talking about before we started recording. I mean, definitely has his, his criticisms, but you know, I don't know why you'd have to hype a book up that much too, just because of the fact that both their names are on it. Like you shouldn't even need to fucking sell this book. Right. You know? It, it, it <laughs> like, will sell itself. Yeah. Like it's, I, uh, that was another thing I found was, uh, so Apparently, this book was originally uh, rated for mature readers, and then DC decided to roll it back for this teenager post T- uh, post plus. post Batman Dick for Black Label, right? Uh, it was right around then. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this came out August. <laughs> I mean, that was the that Batman Damned was the first Black Label book. It was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I and then they were remember. like, all of a sudden, like they got scared <laughs> because fucking people like you know fucking late night hosts were making fun of Batman's dick or whatever, and they were just like, well, weird. That shit still makes me mad and hated that they that they folded so easily. I know on that. it's like, like no, I'm be like, like no, it's, this is art, and, and nobody, we're going to stand behind our artists. That's what they should have done. As, as far as I know, too, like like nobody. I guess you should give context for the listener here, real quick. So, like, <laughs> there's this is from DC, a label called Black Label, which we have uh, we've talked about a little bit on this show. Um, I believe that I mentioned it on the Batman White Knight. That is a episode. black label book as well, yeah. It, it's a black label book post black label being established, though. Yes. It was it wasn't originally a black label book because it was just like an Elseworlds book or whatever. And I, I don't even know if black label was a thing yet. But when they it, it might have became a thing in the course of that, and then they released it as a black label book, like in the trades and stuff. And now the modern White Knight series are black label books or whatever basically though it's just an imprint of dc that's supposed to be they never even fucking really explained it it's like it's self-contained stories which they do anyway in continuity but like it's basically elseworlds for mature readers yeah but the originally it was like this is going to be our edgy it's it was vertigo yeah yeah i guess yeah it's just like this is going to be our our adult they're like it's vertigo but batman all the time. <laughs> what if Batman was Vertigo? Oh wait, am I, I? You might not know this off the top of your head, actually, but I was just thinking: was this the first non-Batman black black label book? I think it might have been. I don't know because that was like the I, joke when Black Label got announced. It was like forty more Batman books and one Superman book or something. Like it was, it was pretty, it was pretty one-sided there. But it, regardless, um, so. That's what Black Label is. It's just like an imprint for D- that DC does where it's supposed to be for more mature readers. First issue ever came out was a series called Black- Batman Damned by Brian Azzarello and Lieber Mayho. And uh, the first issue has a sequence wherein uh, you see Batman Bruce Wayne like strip off the uh, his his suit, you know, and uh, you see like his penis and like vaguely uh, bat penis. Yeah, bat penis. <laughs> but uh, you see you see you see his dick. And like nobody really, as far as I can tell, made a big fuss about it other than some people cracking jokes about it. Yeah. Like, you know, offhand, just like, oh, you know, this is the book you see Batman's dick in. But nobody was like, this is 
terrible. This is offensive, like, or whatever. It wasn't, like... It was, it was literally just people making jokes. The story, like, got traction, and, like, some late-night hosts and shit, like, you know, (laughs) cracked some jokes about it. DC immediately folded and said something about, like, how that's not the, uh image that they want to stand for and all this stuff. And they said that all, all printings afterwards would be censored in which like, basically as far as I, I actually, I don't think I've seen the panels censored. I have a copy of the original I one, do too, yeah. but like uh, I, when it came out, I went to the comic. I didn't even know about any of this. I didn't know I, about any of it either. I went into the comic shop to pick up my books and I'd had that on my poll just cause I was curious, you know, like, yeah. oh, black label. What's this about? And they're like, Oh yeah. You know, these are already going for like $150. I was like, what? I was like, why? They're like, Oh, you see Batman's penis. I was like, Oh, all right. <laughs> and I yeah. read it. And I was like, okay. Yeah, who gives and a like, shit? I'm not going to sell it because it's like a because of I, because I of the controversy. Yeah, I don't want to like, sell my copy. It's a copy thing you either. want to have because yeah. it's a piece of a piece of you know history that you can't get anymore. I guess. Yeah, it it feels like a uh, like having one of those almost feels like you know a, a protest against censorship to me or something. Yeah. Like you know, I'm like I'm like I'm like this is so like they made such a big fuss about it. It was so stupid. Like it was, it was just barely like, anything. Yeah. Like it was, you barely even saw it. Yeah. It was like, as far it was as tastefully done, it really you know? was. It was just like, what do you expect? Like it Batman's got to like take his suit off when he gets back. Like <laughs> it also, it like to me, not to like, not to go into this too much, but like to me, like the context of like the scene that that happens in is, is a lot more like symbolic of like what he's going through at that point. And like, I will say like, I wasn't too big on that book when it finished. I thought yeah. it was, I thought it was okay. It was definitely like, like overshadowed by all of that. Yeah, it definitely was. And like, and, and overall the story like was pretty, it ended up being pretty predictable after a bit, but like, it was still like, Bermejo's art is worth it alone. He's an amazing artist and like, it's very good to look at. And, and it's not like a bad story or anything. I mean, Azarello knows how to write a book, you know, I mean, he's, 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 he's done some stuff I really like. I really like his Wonder Woman book with Cliff Chang. I haven't from, read that. I'm it's aware like the of beginning it, but... of like the new 52 stuff. I really enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, like, you know, it, it, just to, just to give it props there, like that scene in particular is like pretty symbolic of what Bruce is going through in the story. And like, and it could be read as like, you know, in many different ways, it's not like a fucking porn or something like him <laughs> just like shoving his dick in the frame or whatever. <laughs> like, it's like, it has like, you know, it, there's a reason for it, you know, and it's, and, and it's just like so dumb that they were like, oh no, we don't stand for that. And then immediately change it. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, what the fuck is black label then? Right. It's just nothing. Like, it's just like, it's also, <laughs> yeah, it, it's like, oh, we don't want to worry about continuity, which as we sort of talked before we started recording, now they've done infinite frontier where they're just like, oh, don't worry about continuity. So it's like, so what is black label? What is black or, label? It's just another, it's just it, another thing. Like, why do we need it now? Exactly. It's like, I, I don't understand. But anyway, that's all, all as that- much to say that this is what this Superman book was entered in. And uh, that is interesting, though. There is no Superman penis, obviously. Uh, But yeah, so it got rolled back to a T-plus rating. And as a result, uh, like that happened after comic book shops had put in their orders. Oh, so they edited it afterwards. I I don't know. Uh, I wonder if that's why. Did you find anything about Miller saying stuff about this book? No, not really. Maybe he's pissed. Maybe. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe he's like they uh, but, they fucked my book up. But I did I did read that DC after it got rolled back to T plus. I guess all, all these comic books. Maybe it, you know I might be lying. I don't think I think it was I think it was still before they ordered because DC basically said, hey, if you order this book at the same numbers that you did the Batman Who Laughs number one, yeah, which apparently sold like a quarter of a million copies or something on the first print. Yeah, it was a big book. Um, 
they basically said like if you order the same numbers of this that you did of that then it will be fully returnable like anything you don't sell will just like give you your money back for oh okay which is like a weird thing to do i'm i'm no expert of the comic book industry but like they were probably i mean that's not a great vote of confidence in your book well i mean they they were probably just banking on the fact that it's it's this creative team though Right. I mean, like, right. And it did go into a second print. Yeah. So I I guess it must have sold. It must have sold well. I mean, like Miller, Miller, like, you know, we didn't really get to talk about this on the last episode that we had about Daredevil because, you know, we were talking about Miller in like the 90s at that point, you know, and I mean, which he was big in. But like, you know, since then, he's gone through many phases and many ups and downs in his career. And like, I mean, but he's still a name, though, that like it doesn't really matter. Like he'll still sell books like, yeah. it, it, you know, I mean, I mean, like it's like I'm guilty of it as well. Like if I just see Frank Miller a book, like despite being uh, led astray once or twice, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I'll usually still pick it up, at least an issue. Like ah, I'll give that a shot. Yeah. I mean, I feel like he's his stuff, his stuff that hits for us hits so well that like you're willing to give him the benefit of the doubt at least for like an issue or two no matter what really yeah at least you know gamble a little yeah yeah i agree that is peculiar though Uh, um i'm wondering too if since the fact that you said you couldn't really find anything that miller said himself about this book if he's upset that they did uh, that they edited him basically (laughs) I, i i don't have it pulled up anymore uh but to paraphrase like that same article where Romita had his bombastic <laughs> overstatement. <laughs> that claim, damn. Um, for, like Frank Miller did have statements in there, but they were all very like vague. So, so the question that that Romita answer was the answer to was something along the lines of like, why do you think fans should pick this up? Yeah. And there was something generic like that. And Frank Miller's response was something again, like sort of paraphrase was just like, it's a really great story about Superman and it's told from this other point of view. Like it was very like generic answer. Like, so you might be right. Maybe whether it was edited or they just kind of like pulled the, pulled in his reins a little ahead of time. And like, maybe he was just bitter, but I don't know. That kind of seems like the shit he was saying about dark Knight three though, too. Like when that came out, like yeah. he was just like, it's another dark Knight story. And we're like, yeah, we know that. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't know. But then again, too, there's a lot of uh, evidence and, and I guess hearsay about uh, Miller didn't really write that book. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, it, well, because it was co-written by Azzarello. And, oh, that's uh, right, it was. Yeah, to mention Azzarello again. But like, uh, a lot of people were just like, this doesn't really feel like Frank a lot of the time, you know, like when you read that book. And I was like, I can kind of see that. Yeah. I mean, like, I could see Frank being, talking to Brian Azzarello and being like, Kryptonians in the Candor and they, uh, they're, they're terrorists and they murder people. And, and Brian's like, okay, I'll write that. Like, <laughs> sure. you know, whatever. <laughs> like, like give, give me a couple of weeks. Yeah. It's like, I, uh, I could, I could see that it going down that way or Miller just really didn't want to, but they were like, please, we need your name on this. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, it's your universe. Yeah. We'll put your name on it as a writer. You don't have to do anything. Uh, so, so yeah, I guess the limited backstory on this book, it was released in three large format issues, August through October, 2019, uh, written by Frank Miller. If if y'all didn't pick up on that yet, uh, penciled by John Romita Jr., inked by Danny Meekie, colored by Alex Sinclair and lettered by John Workman. I don't know anything about letters, but I know some people do. Uh, and then edited by Mark Doyle and Ariana Torturo. Did you say Mark? Sinclair did the colors. Uh, Alex Sinclair. Alex Sinclair. Sorry. Uh, yeah. The um, 
I will say just real fast, just in case I forget to mention it through the episode, but I'm, uh, I really like the colors on this book a lot. I do too. <laughs> it really pops and like all the different places that we see are really, really well represented. It's pretty cool. I, I, I love coloring like this. I don't know. It's just really bold and, but it doesn't like muddy anything up. I don't know. I'm I'm usually a fan of Alex Sinclair. Like I know him because you know he's like Jim Lee's go-to guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, As you say, I've seen I've seen Sinclair's name on a lot of things, and like I I always happen to really enjoy the colors. You yeah. know, so that's a cool thing to see. He, he gets a lot of good, a lot of work for good reason. Yeah, I guess. yeah. Um. So I, I think. I think we sort of talked about it a little bit, maybe, but as far as your first exposure to the book. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, like anyone um, who's uh, who was into comics then just, you know, a few short years ago, like, I mean, you obviously know who Frank Miller is probably. Um, I was already a big fan of his, as we talked about with Daredevil, Man Without Fear. Um, Love that book. So this creative team made a lot of sense to me. Uh, I probably thought of that at the time, <laughs> even though when you mentioned probably. doing this book, I was like, Oh yeah, that is the same creative team because this book kind of went in one ear out the other for me. I I bought the first issue and uh, read it. I don't, I didn't really remember anything. And um, as we as we go into the the issue itself here, um, I'll probably mention the fact that uh, I actually in my head mixed this up with another book. Oh, you uh, mentioned that in a text. Yeah, I'm curious, um, I'm uh, curious what that was about. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mixed this up like a couple moments of it with another book. And when I was reading it, like for this, I was like, where's that part that I remember? Like, you know, <laughs> and like, and then I was like, oh, that's not that book. <laughs> I guess I could just say, I got it mixed up with the first issue of Max Landis's Superman American Alien. That's a great series. It is really great. I really like that book. But like, for some reason, those moments where he's like a boy, like a little boy in the first issue, and there's like that really cute moment in American Alien where he's like, he realizes he has powers like he can fly and stuff. And like, he's talking to mom and Paul Kent and they're like freaking out at the dinner table. And he's just like, we could go anywhere. We can do anything. And it's like really cute. And I was like, where's that moment, Frank? And then I was like, oh, never mind. This isn't that book at all. Like, you know, but yeah, like, so I, I definitely misremembered this book, like, you know, from, from that time of reading it. But yeah, I, it, it kind of came back to me a little bit, like as I read the first issue, but yeah, for whatever reason, I just didn't continue with it. I don't. I don't know why. <laughs> Again, as we were talking before recording, like sometimes you just have too many books coming out. And it you're was just like, probably. Eh, I, I don't really want to. I don't a, really want to pick that one up. A lot of the time, that's the reason why I drop a series too. Is like I'm just like there's too many books, and like it's not. It might. I rarely ever drop a book because I'm like I hate this. <laughs> Like that doesn't happen to me too often. That's good. But maybe it's because I'm I'm good at picking ones that I know like I won't dislike. You know, like it's like I, I'll at least think this is like you know pretty cool, like or whatever. But well, and I think if I remember right, I think these issues were either six ninety nine or seven ninety nine. Yeah, like they, they were they were expensive. Yeah, and like that would be you know. And then I got this, this hardcover book for all of them for like eleven dollars. So whatever. Yeah, yeah. So like that would be. A really easy justification to be like, ah, I'll just wait till the collection comes out. I think that probably was it. I was probably like, I'm going to wait and see like it, what people say about this. And, and then there's only three yeah. books anyway. Like, And I guess for context, that's important for this discussion too, is um, I really didn't hear much about this afterwards. And that may be why I didn't I ever pick it up and read it. it. Yeah. And I forgot about it until we started talking about, you know, doing doing the Daredevil episode and talking about, you know, we're talking about John Romero Jr. and how this is one of the first things I like this and all-star Batman. Yeah. He did with Scott Snyder. So, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, 
do with that info. Yeah, you would, I, mean, I, I, guess, I think but. that I think that that is important for the context, though. Too is like you know, it's it's this like gigantic creative team, and no one really talks about this book. Yeah, and it's like I think that's a little peculiar. Like, I mean, we'll get into it as we go into the story. Maybe we'll find a justification, <laughs> but like, I really don't. I will just say outright, like, I don't think that this book is bad. Like, I really don't. I, I think there's a lot of like good moments and I, and yeah. I think like the sentiment bit, this is meta reading a bit, but I think the sentiment that I get from Frank Miller doing this book actually makes me feel kind of good, like about his relationship and like him, his relationship with Superman. And like, as he's grown as a person, I feel like this book, if when you meta read it that way is like, kind of like, oh, like, yeah. you know, like, I, like, it's, I, I, I kind of like it, but this is Frank Miller trying and no, you know, spoilers ahead or whatever, but like, this is Frank Miller trying to be like hopeful and positive. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is, you know, so different from uh, so much of the stuff he's done in his career and like everything. It, yeah. Everything. And, and like, and it's kind of, uh, it's kind of nice, you know, like, yeah. it, like in a weird way, but like, yeah, I don't, I don't, it's just weird to me that like no one talks about this. And, and I think we'll get into the fact that it's just like, I think that that angle is more interesting than the story itself a lot of the time. And I think that's, that Frank's might be why. Frank's story is more interesting than the Superman Than the story. Superman story Maybe. that he wrote. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, we'll get into it. I know we got plenty to talk about in this <laughs> book, but like, yeah, it's uh, I don't know. 210 pages. <laughs> To go through. <laughs> well, yeah. a couple of those are, uh, this is on my digital thing. So a couple of those are covers and yeah. credits pages and whatever. So Indeed. call it a hundred or 200. Rather. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, but yeah, it, what, what, it, so like when you pick this up, do you remember like, because, because you obviously finished it like when it was coming out, but like, do you, do you, how do you remember feeling like when, <laughs> when it was done? I remember, I don't want to, I don't want to jump ahead. I remember. I remember really liking it. Yeah. Uh, and being like pleasantly surprised at, I mean, like we were saying like, oh, this is like, this is happy Frank Miller. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's different. Um, and upon rereading it, there are definitely some things in there. That I'm like, oh yeah, that's actually a lot darker than I remember it being. So when you, it, when you read it before, like when the issues were coming out, was that the last time you read it? Yes. So just issue to issue, like you never read it back to back like this. Right. Okay. Yeah. I can yeah. see why that would be a different experience here. Yeah. Cause I was kind of imagining it as I went through, I was like, these are all really different. And yeah, I mean, it was a <laughs> monthly, yeah, what would have been a monthly book. So yeah. I mean, it was one, you know, with all the comics I read, like it was definitely one of those ones with a month between them where it's, you pick up issue two and you're like, I don't really remember what happened in issue one, but I'm going to jump in. We'll figure well, it yeah. out. And it does, it does like time jump significantly. It seems like it through the, uh, through the issues. So, I mean, like uh, that would make sense. It's kind of built for that monthly format almost more so. Ironically, the, the jump or lack thereof between issue one and two is much shorter than some of the jumps in issue one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Issue one encompasses a huge amount of time, which, yeah. which is why when I said, uh, I said it off the air when I was reading this, I was like, for the first time I was going through issue one, you know, cause I just, I mean, it's obviously all here in this hardcover, but like when I was reading it, I was like, I was like, are there no page breaks in this? Like, I was like, cause it, it just seemed to keep going like forever. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, fuck. And then when I got to issue two, I was like, God damn, like this is like, a That lot. was one? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we went through a lot, but then issue two is like all like, I don't know, a fucking a month or something. I don't know. It's, it doesn't, it's it, yeah. it's like, but it must, but, it must be a short, month. I will get, we'll get yeah, into it. I, I, guess. I would think. So I guess, yeah, we, we can go into the next section. Uh, 
Stole. We're just going to go over story, sort of a play by play. Yeah. I was telling Nick, this is the first time I've ever done this and I'm not very good at taking notes. So we're going <laughs> to see how it goes. We'll go through it. Um, so we all know that Clark Kent grew up in Smallville, but we're now entering Spoilerville. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers ahead. Spoilers. So if you haven't read the book and or don't want it spoiled for you, then uh, you've been warned. I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys right now, Superman. He's an alien. Spoilers. <laughs> but, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, um, yeah, we're going to go forward. Spoilers ahead for the whole book. We're going to talk about it. Get into the nitty gritty. So uh, before we get into the actual story, the cover art on uh, issue one. I don't know if you have that. Do you have the actual covers in yours? Yeah. Yeah. yeah there you go. This one. I think it's got the gallery in the back for the variants. Too. I didn't realize this until actually I was going back through today. It was like, it appears that he's coming out of a sp- like his rocket ship, right? Like, uh, I mean, yeah, that's what I would assume. But he's like fully grown. It's like he didn't come out of the ship fully grown. Anyway, that's yeah, just symbolic. That's just me being him coming out of the. I guess. So it's anyway, a cool image, Scott. No, it is. <laughs> I know. Uh, so yeah, the book starts out uh, with you know kind of your standard Superman origin story. Uh, we come out in Krypton. Everything's exploding. His parents are freaking out, rushing around. Yeah. You know, load him in a rocket. Just the recap. The, the I, Superman story. Yeah. You know? I really kind of, uh, I will say these these opening pages are like pretty captivating. Like I like Ramita's interpretation of like just Krypton in general, even though we're only seeing it from like the doomsday day. <laughs> like right. it's like, you know, the skies are red and shit and like, and it's like everything's fucked up and exploding, but like it looks really cool. And uh, you get like the classic Frank Miller fucking like you know omniscient narrator stuff like uh, what's that some of the first lines yeah he's like he's talking about you know everything dying and 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 it just ends his whole little monologue thing at the very beginning where he's like everything screams and i'm like that's cool i like that (laughs) now we know who's writing this book yeah yeah it it, it throws you i will say the omniscient narrator the frank miller omniscient narrator in this book it comes in and out so it's like really jarring when it comes back in and i'm like oh yeah like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I, I had actually made a note that like about that, because sometimes they'll break it up where like the caption will change color or the outside of the caption's different. So, you know, it's someone different when it's between the omniscient narrator and Clark slash Superman. Nothing changes. Yeah. Which is like his voice is Superman's voice, like in this, like yeah. his inner thoughts, which is which is strange, but also not really like not unexpected considering it's Frank Miller. Like, you know, you're like, oh, he, you know, he's. He's going to like put himself in the main character's like head, you know, like, but it'll also switch between like third and first person. Yeah, it does do that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a little strange as someone who, you know, I read enough comic books that it doesn't like ruin it for me, but yeah, it's just kind of like, Oh, like it is something that I noticed. I was like, who's talking here? Like, you know, it's, yeah, it's a little strange, but it's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so yeah, we see, uh, Cal loaded in the rocket. He, you know, sees his planet exploding. And then like the next sequence I thought was really cool. Like his, his actual like travel from Krypton to earth is all told via his uh, reflection. Like, yeah. In the, the spaceship hole. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Like, and, and then we also like see like all the stuff he's like learning, like on his way, which isn't something they go into like that often. Like it's a, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it was interesting. I, I did like the little reflection thing though. It was, it was pretty neat. I did think, and you know, this is me being, you know, a critic, I guess, because he doesn't seem to like age at all between like on the journey. And like, I think the, the 
sort of that device of the windshield reflection could have been a really cool opportunity to show him to like, show him getting age older. a little bit yeah like to um, at least be like a toddler or something yeah. like that because that's kind of what he is when he shows up yeah and he's, he's, he that's kind of what he is when they put him in there yeah you know yeah like if he was like ba- like a swaddled baby at the beginning like like the superman movie or whatever yeah. i don't know i'm just being nitpicky maybe <laughs> um so yeah finally he uh kind of wakes up in his in his ship and there's nothing outside but darkness so he pushes his way open uh only to find a very confused Pa Kent. Yeah. Um he crashes on the farm like like he is wants to do and uh he yeah. <laughs> the, the way Frank Miller writes Kansans and maybe this is just because oh, I'm from Kansas is a little bit it's a little bit offensive. It, it, they're like very fucking simple folk. simple simple minded like god-fearing people like you know like and it's like okay like yeah there there are people like that i bet frank miller thinks all kansans are like that though <laughs> uh so there's a moment that that i didn't actually even pick up on until i was you know doing some research and looking at looking for articles and i read a couple reviews which i did my best not to let them like color my opinions of things but yeah i didn't even pick up on it there's a panel where it says uh a gentle warmth like probes inside his skull or something, basically implying that he's telepathic. Yeah, like I I saw it too. Yeah, because it's when he he picks him up, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So like, oh yeah. First of all, I should I should mention that too. That like when when Clark gets out of the ship, he's like standing up and shit. Yeah. Like which is different than like anything we've seen. Like first, usually he's origin. a swaddle. Yeah, baby. he's a he's a baby. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, but he's like up. He has the blanket around him, the Superman cape, and like. Yeah, he like he like comes towards John. It's it's so weird because it's like the the monologue, like the inner monologue, it speaks about Clark or Cal, I guess at this point they haven't named him Clark, but like uh, speaks about him like as if he's like viewing Pa Kent as like a simple alien, like you know, like <laughs> yeah. he's like he's the superior being, which which kind of tracks with Miller's previous interpretations of Superman, wherein like he's you know you know a fucking patriotic douchebag who thinks he's better than everybody else but like it's also just like that makes it so eerie and weird that like which which i'm not opposed to you know like i mean like it's like it could be a different interpretation but the story doesn't really go that way yeah like i thought probably for the best yeah but but it's like it's just so weird he's like viewing pocket and he's like he's like i have to manipulate this this simple creature to you will take me home yeah like it's like that's almost the implication and it's kind of like it's kind of like that's weird as fuck but (laughs) but yeah it's kind of strange but and that was like there's a a scene later when he like brings this kid home where martha is like where the hell this kid come from yeah and pa says something to the effect of like well i don't know but maybe it doesn't matter where he came from it just matters that he's here or something like that and it's like yeah and then so thinking about that then through the lens of oh he's been telepathically manipulated it's like oh it doesn't matter he's here now he's ours it's like well that's a like you said eerie it's just like i mind controlled (laughs) i i almost took that too like his explanation to uh to martha is like almost like it's like because they just take like a couple pages to show this whole thing and I almost feel like it which is ironic because of how long these issues are but it's like they're almost like come on let's get going like you, like you know this Everyone shit. Everyone already like, knows. Like yeah, yeah. It's like you know this shit. But yeah, with the implication because I I just reread that page where he's subtly, uh, you know, 
quote unquote manipulating him. And he literally does think to himself, uh, this Superman, like he says, let him think this is all his idea, <laughs> which is like that. That's just that's not even like an implication anymore. That's fact. He like <laughs> he manipulated him like yeah. and it's like that's so weird. But like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess they, they just take him in. I, or I don't know if he did the same to Martha. <laughs> he handed her to him but like yeah it's just very strange but I, I did I did write specifically we were talking about how they make Kansans seem like idiots <laughs> uh, I, I I quoted a, a line from Pa Kent he says I found me something or I found me something he came out of a rocket what dropped straight out of the sky oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> for the record he's just a nincompoop non-Kansans listening we're from Kansas. We don't we talk like Kansas, that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we mentioned that on the show before. We are from Kansas. And uh, clearly we don't we don't talk like that. But, you know. Unless we want to. Yeah. I mean, I mean there are people who talk like that, sure. But, you know, it, it, I don't know. It, it seems a little. It seemed a little insensitive, Derogatory, Frank. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we pretty much have, you know, they, they bring them in. There's a scene in the grocery store of Clark being very strong yeah so, yeah he's like talking about the planet or whatever and he's like he's like nothing weighs anything and all this stuff and it's just like it's just that to me is an interesting avenue to explore it's like he's totally like adult mind sentient when he's like a kid yeah. and i'm like that's that's an interesting take again it doesn't really factor into the story much though yeah not <laughs> like really. as, as time goes on it, yeah like really like that whole aspect of this version of the character like really doesn't exist after issue one. Yeah. No. Like once he's I mean, not even all the way through issue one, it's just like, Oh, he's a baby. Yeah. They kind and of he's forget once he's really, like a teenager. Yeah. Then That's he's it. just, then he's just a normal teenager anyway. Um, so we have sort of a, a montage, like two or three pages of, you know, you have to have the montage of he's discovering his powers. Yeah. So there's a cornfield scene where he's jumping really high up, just bouncing around. And we have the, uh, the to be expected line of Martha says, I swear one of these days that boy is just going to stay up there. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, we know he's going to fly. He's Superman. I do like that, that part. There's a little like comedic panel layout where he's jumping and he's jumping like really high. And they just kind of like Ma and Pa can't just kind of look at him weird. And there's like a panel of them being silent. And then Pa just asks him, what did you feed him for breakfast? Yeah. And I'm like, that's kind of funny. So yeah, we, from, from there, the montage continues. We get a, a little bit older Clark. He's got a bigger head. He's got um, hair. He's got, got hair. his full hair now. Yeah. And Ma feeds him something that apparently is a little too hot. So his heat vision goes off and he lights the curtains on fu- the he whole kitchen. the fucking kitchen. <laughs> Whole kitchen fire. on fire. Uh, and then the next scene, I was curious. I, I reread over this a few times, and I'm curious what you take out of it. So he's in bed, dreaming of running through a field, and then, like, dreaming of flying, and then stops, and all of a sudden he's in his pajamas, and he's like, oh, how am I going to get home from here? And then he's inst- like instantly back in bed. Like, so was that all supposed to be a dream, do you think? Uh, yeah, I guess. Like, unless if they're like implying that he's like sleepwalking, sleep flying, or something. something. Yeah, I don't know. But the the, what weirded me, I was like the the because it does, yeah, just change in clothing. Yeah, it just jumps back to him being in bed or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. It's It's, strange because yeah, yeah, he's running in normal clothes, flying in normal clothes. Then he's in a field in his his pajamas, and then all of a sudden he's in bed in his pajamas, like sleeping. Yeah, I don't know. It, It was, and then he wakes up. Yeah. It was strange. I don't know. 
I, I, I was. I'm glad you were just strange sequence. Of yeah, I'm glad said, you agreed but, with it because I was like, hang on a second. Uh, so then we have a scene playing catch with Paw, where he, as you might expect, throws the ball really hard and uh, almost breaks Paw's glove. Bounces out and goes under a, a trailer full of hay, and so Clark's like, oh, "I'll get the ball," and he just flips the whole trailer over, which yeah. seems a little rude, counterintuitive, and then he just leaves it there. But yeah, so you, like, pick you, that truck up, Clark. Yeah, you can pick it up and then set it back down. Gotta be. Yeah, he's kind of a. We'll get into this a little bit here really soon, actually, when he's like a. I guess like a preteen or teenager, you know, and like uh, I think it does jump like right to high school after this. But like uh, Clark's got like a really weird mindset towards like humanity and stuff in this book. Like it's it's and, and in this first issue, it's like it's really unclear, like what we're supposed to think that he thinks about yeah. us, you know, because sometimes it's like he is like Clark and, you know, how, how we know him to be like very, you know, the best of us, you know, it's like he has the best intentions and he wants like, you know, everybody to have a shot and be the best that they can be. But then other times it's like he's got a really fucking weird skewed view like uh, of people and and can be like really mean. <laughs> like, like you said, as we'll see sooner than yeah, later. It's like, it's, I don't uh, know. So yeah, the, the next scene, he's getting dropped off at high school. Yeah. Uh, presumably his first day of high school, but we don't really know I would that. guess, yeah. I mean, like, it, it seems like it's... Because it, cause I think, uh, yeah, he's supposed to be a freshman or something. I think. At this point. Um, so the first thing we really see, he's in, I assume, like a science class. And there's a, a large boy uh, who seems like he might be a little a little simple. And, every, you know, it's it's... Yeah, name, it's uh, quickly established that he's, uh, it, Mickey is his name. Yeah, Mickey. Yeah. Uh, that he's sort of, you know, uh, made fun of by Yeah, everybody by gives everybody. him shit, you know, yeah. and he's just Poor like. kid. Yeah, he's so just kind of defenseless against everybody, but Clark likes him. Yeah, uh, so they're putting on these like styrofoam space helmets for some reason. Yeah, which we, which correction, Frank, in Kansas, we don't have those. I ne- <laughs> I've never seen those in classrooms growing up. I don't even know what the point of them is. Yeah, I don't know. But the, the, the sort of device here is that uh, Mickey's head is too big and his helmet won't fit. So Clark, using his super strength, cracks a styrofoam helmet. Which you I don't feel need like, super strength. I feel for like that. I could probably do that. Uh, no, unless they're, are they implying that they're giving these kids like real space helmets? I think they said at some point it was styrofoam. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, that's not impressive at all, then, Clark. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, the point is, he's he's being nice to the guy. That yeah, gets picked yeah. On. He's, he's he's siding with the underdogs. Yeah, so to which speak. is again, you know, like indicative of like the Clark that we know. You know, I mean, like he he's he's a good guy. He he likes people you know and he takes care of the people who you know get made fun of or whatever like he's you know he'll be their bud uh so then we start hearing whispers about uh this guy markham who he's he's like the main bully kid there's sort of like whispers of like oh did you hear what happened to markham they found him in a tree and basically it it's made pretty obvious like clark's the one doing it but nobody knows that it's him right yeah like this really vindictive shit like you know we don't even know why at this point we're just like what what like we haven't seen Markham do anything yet other than like, you know, lightly mocking the Mickey. Um, but this is where we first meet Lana, Lana Lang. Yeah. Of Superman fame. Uh, Clark's uh, usually canonically first girlfriend. Usually. Um, 
and her her girlfriends are asking her like, "Oh, well, what do you know about this?" And she basically says like, "It's like how much talking about it? like he's he's just a regular guy." And they refer to Clark as her guy, to which yeah. she replies like, "And like, what do you mean my guy? Like he's not my guy." Yeah, they, they, it's it's also very not unclear yet. in this issue because by the end, spoilers, uh, we will know that they were indeed in a relationship during this time i guess i don't know that they were though but like we never see them like officially say like yeah we're dating or we're together now or whatever yeah it's like it's it's just kind of implied but then there's like a one page sort of another sort of montage thing later in the issue that we'll get to that yeah i think is meant to convey that their relation their entire relationship yeah it's like and then they date yeah (laughs) it's just like again like you know there's just some devices in this issue in particular that are just unclear but i i kind of get it because it's like he's like we gotta move this shit along right you know (laughs) let's get to where he's superman yeah (laughs) it's kind of i think what they're what they're trying to do it's just which makes me think too uh this shouldn't have been superman year one it should have been like superman uh, first like 20 years <laughs> but but whatever yeah yeah this is a lot more than one year yeah by far so uh yeah so we we have a scene next of clark and mickey and this goth kid who i don't know if the goth kid yeah i don't know if he has a name or not i didn't write it down i think he did hang on what was his name but he gets real the goth kid yeah. gets real moody and he's like oh nothing nothing hurts you clark nothing even cuts you and then he stabs his hand with a pen which like is a weird thing pen. to do to your friend, but right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, "Hang on a second. Uh, and obviously, it doesn't do anything, and it breaks. And the the panel where the pen breaks, and they like the goth kids like holding his hand up. I thought I had to like reread it. I thought that the pen had gone through his hand, and it I was does like, look like it stabbed his hand. And I'm like, "Why is he bleeding blue?" But it's like, "Oh no, that's pen ink." I get it. <laughs> yeah, but that oh, his, his name's Jeremy. Jeremy. Yeah, like the Pearl Jam song. Yes. <laughs> Which is what Frank Miller thinks goth music is. <laughs> uh, so we get a little bit more uh, just sort of background talk of, you know, Markham, someone's messing with Markham and doing all this stuff to him. Um, it's just weird because like all this stuff that we see of like or hear through the dialogue of people talking about shit that's happening to the bullies, like yeah. kind of the, the vindictive, mean spirited shit, like the revenge stuff. Uh, that Clark is doing like it's juxtaposed by the scenes that we actually see where he's like helping the person who got hurt or something, you know, right. like, or, or being their friend and being like a gen, a generally good guy. But it's like, it just, it to gives, the people who deserve it. Yeah. Right? But it gives like a, a, another eerie, like vibe, like where you're like, you're like, Oh, it's like <laughs> secretly like really fucking people up or whatever. Yeah, like, like, you know, it's like everything we're not seeing is him just throwing bullies up in trees and leaving them there. Yeah, just being like a, a fucking uncontrollable, angry <laughs> asshole. Like it's just, I, I don't know. I, I did have a note here. Uh, so during this next scene, um, where the bullies are, uh, walking past the quote unquote weirdos. Yeah. Yeah. And, this is a, a an example of what I assume Frank Miller thinks is an insult. Hey, dudes, over there, tool people. <laughs> tool people? Yeah, whole shed full of tool people. <laughs> See you after class, toolsters. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> That's pretty good. Maybe uh, he, they, they, the camera pans and they all have tool shirts on. <laughs> <laughs> They're all holding wrenches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just listen, just listening to fucking tool over and over again. So, yeah, we continue to see the, the, the quote-unquote weirdos, which I'll just call weirdos without the quote-unquote from Isn't here on Miller, out. I think early on, too, like when he's talking about 
his group of friends. He describes it very weirdly. He calls them like his tribe and stuff. And it's like, I guess that's not like a weird word to use, but it's just like the way that the narration speaks doesn't match the tone sometimes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, like, it's and like he's writing it like it's a Frank Miller book the whole time, which yes. it is. But then like the actual dialogue the characters say, it's just like it doesn't. Again, this is just, a, like I said, such a weird feeling book. kind of goes back to that whole thing where it's like, in the end, this book feels pretty like like the antithesis to a normal Frank Miller book in a lot of ways. But it's like he still can't help but write it the same way. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like that and at the same time, the antithesis of a Superman book. Yeah, like yeah. They've swapped places, kind of. Yeah, very weird. Uh, so we just kind of see... The weirdos keep getting bullied. One kid, the toolsters, the toolsters, they keep getting bullied. They like filled a, like poured a bunch of water in a kid's locker or something. (laughs) I I wasn't really sure how you would do that, but they did it. Um, (laughs) We had a a, one panel of Clark looking especially uh, dark. It's like very very mad faced. Oh yeah. So yeah, Clark goes home. He talks, tries to talk to his parents about like, hey, like you know, what am I supposed to do about this? And his mom's like, violence is never the answer. Yeah. And, and then his dad I thought this says, was funny. Yeah. He yeah. says, first you talk to them, then you flatten them. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah, because he's just like. He's just like, your mom, like, she's not really right on this. Like, you know, like he just kind of undermines her. Yes, listen to your mother, but then. (laughs) Then fuck them up. If that doesn't work, some guys just deserve it. Yeah, he says that he says that uh, you're nobody's doormat. Clark or whatever. Like, yeah, or maybe that's a little later. I'm not sure. But yeah, he ends up fucking. It is later. Yeah. Yeah. Because because he gets into like a, a little scuffle here in a bit. Yeah, so the next <laughs> next morning, the uh, the toolsters are, are walking to school. I think this might be a different group of people, actually. I can't really tell. I feel like, yeah, I don't know who his group of friends yeah. are in this book. Uh, but they get egged on the way to school, and there's more old-timey name-calling that we won't go into. Uh, so Clark's basically like, that's it, like... That that's the last straw. So he confronts the bullies in the like in the school, and yeah, it does not end well for the bullies. Basically, there's a, a short quote on what, what you couldn't even call a fight scene where they sort of try to hit him, and he's you know a he young just kind of shoves him away, and the one kid like goes across the fucking hall, yeah, and then he grabs the one dude's arm, fucks it up, <laughs> I mean, just by just by grabbing it, like it's it's not really even like he like he breaks it or something, yeah. like it's like he he literally grabs it. And the kid's like, I can't fucking move. <laughs> like, it was a whoopsie. Yeah. Like it's a, but yeah. I, I think it's worth pointing out that Clark did not incite the physical violence. He didn't. No, this. he didn't. He, he did no. try talking them before flattening them. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, so obviously, like he and uh, the Markham kid get sent to the principal and Markham gets 10 days suspension because he's a little shit. <laughs> and yeah. uh, and Clark gets 10 days sanitation duty. Whatever that means. I guess it's just Clean like community service. Helping yeah. the janitor, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I, I didn't have that in my school. So I was, I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> so back at home, we have a sort of a heart to heart between Pa and Clark where, you know, he's yeah, basically. This, this is where he says you're nobody's doormat, yeah. Clark. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, there it is. Yeah. But yeah, basically he's like, you know, the, the, the. Age old dilemma about like basically is fighting is fighting the bad guys that make you a bad guy. Yeah. Which, yeah, you're nobody's doormat to, uh, you know, 
And then I did like the, there was a, a good quote from Pa here. He says, you're something this old world never seen before, and you're going to change it just by being here. So change it for the better. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a good sentiment, like for the, you know, the thesis statement of Superman, basically. It's, it's the with great power of speech. You yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, better. It's better than not to harp on this because everybody makes fun of it. But the, the fucking Man of Steel, the Kevin Costner. Where he's all like, was I just supposed to let them die? And he's like, maybe. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, oh, like, Paul. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. And then he goes and dies in a tornado or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, the next scene is Clark's up on top of a silo, just sort of, you know, having a, a bit of an existential uh, crisis. It's been like... I'm not from here. Like, what am I supposed to do about this? I did make a note that his head is very big and his legs are very short. Yeah. yeah. Like compared to even the, the last scene. That's but, true. Yeah. But that's okay. Other than that, like <laughs> proportions aside, it's, it looks very good. Yeah. Um, He's growing at a strange rate. <laughs> I mean, he would, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's a teenager. <laughs> Despite the fact that he didn't age at all on a trip from Krypton to planet Earth. Yeah. He's now aging normally. So I guess that's good. Very good. So it goes back to school. <laughs> Basically, nothing's changed as far as the bullies go. They're they're still up to all their shitty tricks. Yeah, they. Uh, yeah, it it like almost escalates. Yeah, at and that it, point, it like, like addresses at one point that like, oh, the teachers are even afraid of these bullies. Like, no one will do anything about it. Yeah, yeah. And which so, I thought was like, uh, <laughs> I thought it was kind of weird that at this point in this issue, I was like, we're through like a majority of this issue, and I'm like, I'm getting wrapped up in this like bully plot, <laughs> but, but like. <laughs> This is going to be all three issues. Yeah, I was like, it's just him with the fucking bullies. But like, uh, yeah, I thought it was uh, interesting, though, that like, you know, it it keeps going in the way that like it gets worse because I was like, this is that's kind of realistic to what happens a lot of the time. Like, you know, especially like small town high school. Yeah. Like you hear all the time about like, you know, bad shit that like the the star football players do and that everyone just looks the other way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because. It's just how it is. So, like, it's not it's not terribly unrealistic, you know? Yeah. I do think it's funny, though, that on the bus or whatever, their thing that they did was they, they spray-painted weirdos suck. <laughs> and they spelled weirdos wrong, which is funny. Did but they? like, Oh, they yeah. did. That's but like, great. Uh, but, <laughs> but I do think it's funny that they, they put that on there as if, like, that's is is that just the name of the, the group that Clark has? <laughs> or are they just saying, in general, they just don't. Suck. They just don't care for weirdos. For weirdos. Any weirdos. Um, so obviously it was Markham. Like Clark, Clark comes into the bus and all his friends have black eyes and they're all bruised and bloody noses. And yeah, they look pretty fucked up. Yeah. Like I'm like, like I'm like, dude, like, that's actually could, assault. Yeah, like, I was like, you can call the police. Yeah. Like, I, was like <laughs> I, I think they even say at one point, like the police wouldn't even do anything. That's fucked. I might be missing the police. <laughs> the police are getting bullied by Markham. <laughs> <laughs> they're no match for him. They're no match. Uh, so Clark talks about he he sits next to Lana on the bus and she basically says like hey I've got pictures of all the shit that these bullies have been doing like meet me at my house tonight and I'll give them to you and he can do what he wants with them I guess yeah like I guess the implication is like they'll put them in the newspaper escalate or something. it or something yeah I guess I don't know they'll have they'll have so, you know solid proof. evidence yeah. yeah. Um, so Clark- you get the weird sequence where he, where Lana, he meets Lana at night, which is funny. So yeah, Clark rushes through dinner uh, to rush off and meet Lana, who, despite having plans to meet up with him, is not dressed to be going outside. She even, yeah, she even says, "I didn't know if you'd come." Well, you invited me. Is that yeah? I said <laughs> like, I, would. I said I'd be there. <laughs> uh, 
so yeah, a a a a fellow human calls her outside, saying like, "Hey, I'll meet you at the end of the drive." Uh, so she comes out, and yeah, she was baited by Markham and his his goons. Yeah, and this shit gets real fucked up real it gets, fast. Like it, it, <laughs> it does. And this is what I was saying. Like on, upon rereading this a couple years later, and how there are dark moments that I didn't remember being in it. It's this kind of thing. It happens like two or three times. Yeah, you feel like it's gonna be really a, uncomfortable. Uh, a sexual assault scene or something. Definitely. And then luckily though, Clark comes yeah. <laughs> and saves she, yeah, the day. Yeah, she says, don't touch me. And they say, oh, we'll touch you. We'll touch you good. Yeah. And you're like, oh, fuck. Ugh. It's like, and like. When Markham, he's worse than Lex Luthor. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so before, before anything terrible, you know, more terrible could happen. Uh, that dude basically goes flying through the air. Yeah. Uh, Clark, another guy goes Clark flying really through the air. fucks them up. Oh, like, yeah. He, throws them around like fucking ragdolls and he, shit. He is not messing around this time. Um, so yeah, he shows up. She's afraid of him, obviously. Yeah. She realizes who he is. Um, and then he's just like, we're going to go. Oh, this is another note I had that I thought was really funny that uh, I think it's Markham. Is he the one in the purple? I think so. Yeah. And he goes, hit me like a bag of rocks. <laughs> and then like two, two panels later or something, he just goes, hit me like a bag of rocks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> He's always hitting me like a bag of rocks. I, mean, I yeah. thought that was funny. I like this scene or just this page. I think it's a cool page where he flies away with Lana. And uh, the only like, I mean, there's there's some narration, but like the dialogue is just from Lana. And she just says, Clark, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Especially because she was just telling everyone he's a normal guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Turned her into a liar. I like that page a lot. I think that's really cool. So yeah, he drops her off on her roof and flies away. And uh, so this this was the uh, this next sort of scene, I think, is uh, so it's finals week, they say. And so they're in the in the library to get her studying and Clark is speed reading through books. And we have a little thought bubble or a, I guess it's a speech bubble from Lana uh, with a little thought bubble next to it that says nerd love. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, OK, so this is what it's supposed to be like. Oh, if they're not dating, dating, then she at least like has a thing for him. We know that, you know. Yeah, for sure. And he's point. doing that thing that he does sometimes or like the Flash does sometimes where he reads a book in like five seconds or right. whatever. <laughs> it's like explains why he's so smart. Yeah. Clark's smart guy. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, after that, that's that's this montage I was talking about where it's sort of like they're dating now. So, it, yeah, there's a picnic, they're holding hands. You see like a family barbecue or whatever. Or yeah, like, so which, yeah, I mean, it, it, the, the implications oh, there, it's just like you don't get like the direct like you know, him, him asking her out or anything like that. Like you usually get, you know, right. it's like this book chooses to like skimp by a lot of this, the stuff. I, I guess he's given us the benefit of the doubt that we already know this shit. <laughs> We're smart like, enough to figure it out. Yeah. But like, but then we spend like 40 pages on fucking Markham and the bullies or whatever. And it's like weird. Okay. <laughs> they, they got a lot of attention. Frank Miller's like, fuck all this seminal shit <laughs> that, that you want to see. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Clark gets, he's, he's all excited after kissing Lana and he just goes and flies around for a while, basically. Yeah. And, uh, then we jump to a football game, which apparently Clark's on the football team, which they didn't mention until now. Yeah. And yeah. It, I assume it's like, it's like the championship game or whatever, or at least that's the, it's, it's the always impression. quote unquote, the championship right. game. And yeah, so he just decides during this game that he's just going to be like, nah, I'm a superhero. And so he... Like, catches an impossible catch. Yeah, and, and like, then, the entire fucking team tackles him. Yeah, and he just keeps running, and everyone's just like, oh, that kid's good at football. It's like, 
Like, I would have I would have thought something was up there, but everyone else is just excited, except for Pa. Yeah, they look, who is noticeably, he's in the crowd, he looks pissed, yeah. Noticeably upset about it. Which, that's he, a, that's a, this is a classic, like, uh, you I know, they showed a different, yeah, different, thing. different iterations. Like, uh, a lot of the time, from what I've read, at least in, like, various interpretations of the Superman origin and stuff, you know, because there's, like, a thousand of them. But, like, a lot of the time, it's like, he doesn't even make it, like, on the football team. Like, it's like, he's, like, trying out, and he's like, I could like be the best at this you know and then he decides to like quit the team or not even join or whatever like you know because he learns this lesson or whatever like so yeah i thought it was interesting that he was actually on the team you know and 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 just had this whole fucking thing happen i guess in a way that's a lot more realistic though like he's a teenager yeah, he would he would probably fucking would show off yeah like it's like that uh, makes sense i mean a little a little excessive sure but yeah that's a pretty extreme way to do it but yeah so he wins the game uh, and then gets a little smooch from Lana. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's every high school movie ending. <laughs> yeah. And then we see him working in the fields, loading hay with Pa, and basically tells him, you know, you keep telling me I need to go out and, and see my planet. So I've enlisted in the Navy. Yeah. I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, we're going, we're going this direction. Okay. Like, uh, I do kind of like, uh, there's. I guess it could be seen as kind of a way to speed through this, but the page after that where he talks to Pa about that and then they go home to tell Martha, like, there's no dialogue, it's just captions, and, like, I thought that that was actually pretty well done. Like, it's, like, done through the window, and we see her, like, you know, crying and, like, you know, kind of yelling at him, and then, like, Pa being, like, you know, like, well, like, you know, I mean, like, it's his choice, you know, and I mean, like, and uh, they end up like hugging and stuff. And like the narration is just kind of telling us, you know, like what happened instead of us seeing them say it. But it's kind of a powerful moment. I mean, like, you know, it's I mean, it's just probably what most people experience, I guess, when they, you know, decide to enlist in the military at like an early age and like have to tell their parents or whatever, you know, I mean, like it's a uh, I don't know. I thought it was kind of tastefully done. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, like, like I, said, I like the, you know, that we're, we're viewing it from the outside, you know? And yeah. Because it's sort of like an intimate family moment that like, it's sort of like we as the readers don't have any business to be involved in, you know? Yeah. Well, and I, and I think just it's sort of see what's going on. I like the touch of like it being like, you know, we're viewing it from the outside window without the dialogue, because I feel like even if we didn't, I, I like the captions that Frank writes here. Like, they're done well, but it's one of those that, like, even if we didn't have those, you could tell, like, what's going on. Right. Like, you know, like... Based a, on the conversation you yeah, had with, like, with, with Pa, for exactly, sure. Exactly, yeah. It's like... But, yeah, I, yeah, the military thing, the Marine thing, took me took me for a loop there. I was yeah. like, I was like, this is... Okay, this is, this is making this book worth it, because it's doing something different. Like, you know, but, uh, yeah, I was just like, never thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And like, I mean, yeah, it like, sort of, sort of makes sense, you know? Yeah. I to, mean, like, to, you know, for a certain version of the character. Yeah. And I, I think the only thing that takes away from that scene of him telling him going with Pa to tell Martha it, is the fact that I'm like, oh, but she should know, like, he's Superman. He's like, not going to get hurt. Like, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, really, like, I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm like, I guess, I guess they don't know. He's not, he's a kid. He has not been shot with bullets yet or whatever, <laughs> but like, but it's just one of those things where I'm like, she probably would know he's going to be okay. <laughs> like, you know, I'm trying to remember if it's actually in this book or not. Um, or if it was just like 
based on one of these couple of reviews that I had read. Because th- this is actually an interesting uh, just sort of thing to think about. It's not it's not the case, but one of these reviews that I read of just the first issue, like before the other two had come out. Yeah. And this person writing the review, they were viewing this as taking place in the quote unquote year one. They were they were seeing this book as taking place in the same universe as uh, Dark, Dark, Knight. Knight, uh, Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Which is like, what... oh, this is like the dark timeline, quote unquote, dark timeline where Clark becomes like a tool of the state. Yeah. Where which... he where he becomes. Yeah. Like a, he's basically just a an attack dog for Ronald Reagan or whatever. So, yeah. so that, you know, that could be something like that could be why Martha's upset. She's concerned that he's going to go off and just be turned into a killing machine with his superpowers. Yeah. Like it know? might like it might affect him in a negative way. Which um, we'll we'll get to in the next issue a little more. But they definitely try to turn him into a killing machine. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, for sure. Not I mean, so like, subtly. And I think Frank did say this. This is part of it, right? Like, it is part of the, his Dark Knight. Like, oh, I don't know. Branch of books. I mean, like, I think, like, I think it is like, it, or he considers it. But it's like, what does that even mean anymore? I don't know. Like, <laughs> right. it, there's there's so many like random books in that now that I'm just like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's it's not a cohesive quote unquote universe. You know, it's like just read the stories and hope that they're good. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I don't think Frank's trying that hard to piece it together. So why should we, you know, right. (laughs) He's not that worried about it. Uh, So we, the next scene is morning. It's dawn. I don't know if this is intended to be the next morning. I can't imagine. I, I I would think he'd give his parents more than a day's notice that he's leaving for the Navy. But so this is just on some morning at dawn, the morning he's supposed to be leaving. It's got to be a, a ways later, right? Yeah, I, I mean, like, so. yeah, like, cause, cause I thought it was strange too. They didn't even show him graduate in high school. Oh yeah. Like they just kind of skip over that. Well, they skip over a lot. I don't know. <laughs> I'd like to see them graduate and then Markham is just in like a full body cast. <laughs> like he just keeps just fucking him up. Constantly under ridicule. <laughs> like, <laughs> Uh, keeps fucking him up. But yeah, so his parents come to, to get him to, they're like, oh, you know, we're, breakfast is ready. It's time to go. And he's not there because he's off, of course, saying goodbye to Lana as, yeah. as any 18 year old boy would be. Sorry, man, would be. I'm old. I say, I still think 18 is a child, but that's okay. Um, so yeah, he says goodbye to her. And then apparently the Navy was just picking people up from their house. I guess. I mean, like, uh, if it doesn't seem very efficient, I mean, if it's a small town or something, maybe the recruitment offices set up something like that. Because, I mean, they're not going to have anything near them. I guess. Like, you know, I mean, I mean, bus station. Probably. Yeah, Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I I thought that was like, I don't think that doesn't seem like the most efficient way. Yeah. Unless he's literally the only one, which maybe he is. Well, I don't know. They show other people on the bus. Like, yeah, but maybe it's like rolling through several places and picking up people. I don't know. Oh, true. Yeah. I guess (laughs) it doesn't really matter. It was just like, they wouldn't pick people up from their own house. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's not a thing that would happen. Uh, yeah. So before he leaves, Ma, you know, as, as she needs would have to do in the story, she's like, oh, I got, you know, you can't forget this. You were packed in these these blankets when you, you know, when you first came to us. And it's the cape. Yeah. And, and she sewed him the, the suit and stuff. Yeah, and because she wants him to be a superhero instead of a Navy guy. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he gets on the bus and he starts driving away and super hearing can hear singing. And it's Lana singing, and he his vision telescopes across the plains. Yeah. <laughs> see her holding a sign that says, I love you, and I'll miss you, with a little smiley face. Yeah. I uh, I might be a fucking softy, but I really like this scene. <laughs> like, it's cute. Uh, it's cheesy, yeah. but it's cute. It's cheesy, but it's cute. I, I don't know. Like, you know, and, and his narration through the whole thing is, like, is is 
pretty cool, you know, it's like, cause he's so of like two minds thinking about like leaving home and, and how that scares him, but it's like, he knows he has to do it. And like, he's meant for something else and he wants to be something better. And, you know, it's like, but at the same time, it's like, he's, he's upset that, you know, it's like, he doesn't want to leave Lana, you know, and it's kind of like the whole like first love thing. And like, you know, it's, I don't know. I, I thought it was, it was pretty well done. Um, so yeah, like night, night falls, he kind of starts having f- flashbacks for lack of a better term of Krypton exploding. Um, and next thing you know, it's morning. He sort of like comes back, comes back into it and they're entering the Naval station, the Great Lakes Naval station. In yeah. Great Lakes, Illinois, which I, I didn't look up if that's a real place or not. I was curious if it was, but I didn't bother to look. Oh yeah, it might be. Um, and yeah, he sees an F-35 fighter jet and he's like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I love uh, I love how cool he thinks that is. Yeah. Like he's like, he's As like, someone he's like who oh, can that's fly. awesome. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's like that, that's, that's kind of fun. And uh, yeah, last page of issue one is him just being stoked to be there. Yeah. Like the last line of the issue is Clark Kent is ready. Yeah. He's, he's got like, his fist in the air, hanging out the side of the bus. Yeah, he's ready to meet the world and yeah. uh, and start doing things, you know, and it's like, oh, that's that's not what I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that's, that's the end of issue one. Yeah. Kind of a, kind of a scattershot issue there. Yeah. It? It def- I think for, you know, from, we'll talk about it, obviously from here on out, it's definitely a little more linear. Yeah. Story-wise. Like that was a very like crash course through his entire childhood. Just a lot of shit. Yeah. I'm like, and I'm, this kind of starts us on, on the path for the rest of the, this, uh, this story. is, this would be like the year one. I guess. Yeah. The actual year one. I would like, agree. You know, it's like, but Instead starting of year, with this. Year one through 18. Yeah. What we just did. Yeah, for real. But yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. After reading that too, I will say just real fast, like rereading that part, I was like, oh yeah, I wonder why I didn't keep going with this series. I kind of, I kind of like that issue. Yeah. It's a little weird, but you know, it's to be expected, I guess. Oh, weird. We've just begun. Wait, yeah, I was going to say, we're about to get some real we weird shit. We've only just begun to get weird. Yeah. I actually I put that in my notes. I put issue two. Here's where it starts getting weird. I was wondering <laughs> about this because I'll have one thing that I kind of remember reading about this up this next issue, part two. Um, but like, I was kind of wondering if uh, in the first issue, like with the characters like Markham and Mickey and things like that. If those were actual like polls that Frank did, like from like random old Superman comics, like if oh, those maybe. are characters from there, because there's a character in here I know for certain is like an old school Superman poll. Really? Yeah. And like, and I was like, I was like, that's weird. But I, I, I personally have never heard of like, you know, a, a support character, Markham or, or Mickey or anything like that. Like, you know, it's like, it's always Lana and Pete or whatever, you know, and stuff. But like, I, I have not read like a lot of like, classic superman like you know the the earliest superman stuff i've read like in a in a you know a decent amount of is like the john burns stuff from like the 80s so like it it was not i haven't gone back to much stuff before that really you know so which frank miller probably read all that yeah yeah so i'm I'm wondering if i'm like i'm like did he pull from that shit like because uh that that's uh seems like something he would do you know easter egg kind of stuff yeah so Getting into issue two. Yeah, we're about Here to, we go. to go for a fucking ride. Going off the rails. <laughs> Not immediately off the rails, but we'll get there. Uh, is, it, is it off the rails? It, we'll, we'll go into it. Hang on. Okay, <laughs> let's let's just go into it. So All Clark's right. in the Navy. Yes. Uh, it's got him, you know, standing in line for his haircut. <clears throat> 
I thought it'd be funny if his super hair just grew back instantly. <laughs> that would be good. They, there is mention that uh, this guy's like, that's some hair you got. Oh, like, yeah. He said it goes through the clippers or whatever. Yeah, that is, he, he, he literally has three super Three blades hair. already. <laughs> he literally has super hair. <laughs> that's fucking funny. <laughs> uh, then the next, you know, se- several things we see are basically just what I put in my notes is... Uh, Montage of Clark easily doing hard things. Yeah. Because everyone's like, like, there's always everyone else is sweating and he's just chilling. He beats the shit and they're always like giving him the hardest time too, yeah. which is funny. I guess that is kind of like what they do though. They would. Like, you yeah. know, they would push the person who like does the, who has the most potential. Yeah. But like, yeah. The whole idea of the military is to essentially break you and then rebuild you in their image. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like, and Clark's just like unresponsive to yeah. all of he's it. He's like, no, I'm, I'm good. Like, yeah, there's like running and sit ups and push ups and everyone's about to die. And he's just like, oh, this is easy. Uh, and, then, uh, and then we learned that he's apparently like a sharpshooter. Yeah, he 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 shoots. They did target practice and he just shoots the fucking bullseye through like six times or whatever. He, however, <laughs> is holding that handgun all wrong. As anyone who's he's holding it very strange. Yeah, uh, that's not how you hold a gun. Like if you're not Superman, you're going to break your wrist. Yeah, it is strange. I don't know. <laughs> He's holding it almost like it was drawn as a different kind of gun at first. Kind of, yeah. Which <laughs> which they could have given him a rifle. Yeah. Because the next, you know, the next sort of step is they're like, man, that kid's a great shot. Like, let's he should see be how a... he does with a sniper rifle. And yeah. so they send him off and he's just like, yeah, shoot, this... shooting bullets through his bullseyes. I, I shouldn't say that this is out of nowhere because the whole premise of like the beginning of this issue is the fact that he's in the Navy now or he's training to be in the Navy. So like, it's not out of nowhere that like, you know, we get this stuff where it's like his superiors are like, oh, uh, you know, he shows a lot of potential in this area. Let's let's train him to do that. But it's like it still just feels so weird to me that I'm reading this Superman comic and I'm reading this side plot about these superiors planning to make him into a sniper like and stuff like that. And I'm just like <coughs> it, just, it just it 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 the tangents are weird and sometimes they go on too long. <laughs> like, yeah, and, and it's and like, like the sniper thing, like we all know that that's. Not gonna last. Yeah, like it's, it's like we know that that he's he, Superman, especially if this is the Dark Knight universe. It's like we know Superman <laughs> probably wasn't a Marine sniper back in the day. I mean, not that I know of. But yeah, so everyone's very impressed by all of his stuff, and basically he uh, gets sent to be a Navy SEAL. Yeah, in uh, in does. San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> so then we see him again. Another montage of him easily doing hard things. Running and swimming and carrying a big log, apparently. <laughs> uh, it's big log day. Running on the beach when he gets uh, he gets distracted by the ocean. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and he just, he's just running. He's looking at the ocean. He's still running. And his officer decides that that's not OK. So he's like, I'm going to make you do pushups in the ocean and then scrub out trash cans and just all around be a kind of a jerk. Um, yeah. And then uh, Kurtz, Kurtzberg. <laughs> I think that's his name, right? There, he's like the, the officer. officer. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, which will have a, a bigger part here in a little bit. This, oh, this the next scene. This next page is literally where I went. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I like caught my attention all of a sudden. I was like, okay. I was like, let's do this. So fuck yeah, it. Clark wakes <laughs> up in the middle of the night and he just goes out to get some fresh air and he hears laughing and singing out in the ocean and uh woman he says he says laughing singing and then he says woman laughing woman singing <laughs> women yeah women. He says women laughing <laughs> women laughing i like woman laughing woman laughing that's some woman laughing over there <laughs> no but yeah it's like it, 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 it that panel where he says that 
legitimately is just it, it, the, the sea line really far away, I'm assuming, because like, you know, he's using his telescopic vision or something. But there is no doubt that it is fucking mermaids. Yes. Just just swimming around, which, you know, it shouldn't surprise you if it's, you know, the DC universe. I mean, like, you know, the Atlanteans and, uh, you know, Aquaman and shit like that. But like it 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 is so random in this. <laughs> I'm like, yes, and, and then it becomes the entire plot. And I was like, I was, I was so on board. Like, like, cause I was just like, I was like, Oh, like, am I going to read 70 pages of this Marine officer kind of being mean to Clark, you know, but then it's like mermaids. Okay. Like I, yeah, so, so buckle up dear listeners. <laughs> yeah. We're just getting we're started. We're about to go into some crazy shit here. Uh, so yeah, Kurtzberg comes out and he's like, Oh, you're watching the girls. Huh? He's like, it, yeah. it happens. The next panel is, He's just like, that shocked me. I was like, I was like, because one, it's like Clark sees mermaids and I'm like, okay. Like, I kind of had an indicator because at the beginning, like the the chapter is called Atlantis. So I was like, oh, is he going to like actually go to Atlantis or is it like a metaphor type thing or something? And then he sees these fucking mermaids in the very next panel. His fucking superior officer, Marine Man guy, is like, oh, yeah, you know the mermaids, huh? Like, and I'm like, people know? Like, people know about this? And hearing like, him talk about the mermaids, he's like, yeah, they're babes, huh? What? Like, in so many words. He's yeah. like, yeah, I know. They're, they're great. He's like, now you don't want to go near those mermaids, boy. Like, you know, it's you like, don't want any part of this. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, yeah it's so weird. We have, like, a whole page of, of Kurtzberg talking about how these mermaids are babes, and he wishes that he could, like, be with them. And he's like, but you can't. Yeah, but don't do it. Yeah, he's like, don't do it. I, I guess the implication is, like, other guys have just gone out there and died. I think that's what he said. Yeah, at some point, he's like, people go out there and they never come back. It's, it's like, like the siren song yeah, idea, I, I guess. Think so. But that's such a fucking weird thing for like just this military dude to just be like, yeah, you know, yeah, gotta watch out for those fucking mermaids. Apparently, <laughs> be careful, like, those mermaids. Like, what the fuck? Uh, and then they go to the gas lamp district. They do, <laughs> so, and, which I thought was really funny. Anyone who's been to well, we, so Nick and I have both been to San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, uh, which is the gas lamp district is right next to the convention center. So anybody who's been there knows this this uh, sort of archway in this panel. Um, but yeah, I, I hadn't paid much, paid much attention to exactly where he was until I saw that. I was like, oh, San Diego. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I know exactly that where makes that sense. is. Yeah. So yeah, I guess this is like the next, the, the following night or something after Kurtzberg told him to not go bang the mermaids or whatever. I guess. So he's like, like, fine, I'll go out to the bar and find a, find a regular, a regular, regular person, a non-mermaid to bang or whatever. Um, so yeah, this next scene is him in a bar. I had it in my notes. This is, and it may be because it's San Diego. I like to think that this is at the, uh, Kansas city barbecue place, uh, where <laughs> Top Gun was filmed. Yeah. So I'm like, Oh, this is, so he's having his Top Gun moment here. Yeah. Um, but he's getting interviewed by some girl, uh, just asking a bunch of questions and I guess she wants to be a reporter or something. And then a guy comes he's got over. A, he's got a type. He's got a type. He's, he does. Lana, this girl. And then uh, some guy comes over and he's like, hey, baby, come join the boys for some shots. And she's like, no, I'm busy. And Clark, you know, being being Clark, he's like, hey, man, like, leave her alone. <laughs> this, this became one of my pet peeves of the book. And I'm just going to like mention it here is how many times Frank Miller uses good and bad in uh, dialogue. <laughs> like as far as earlier when it was like, I'll touch you good. And now he goes, I'll kill you, kill you bad. Yeah, kill you bad. It's yeah. Like, 
Come on. We don't need that. I'm like, how sloshed is this guy at this point? Like he, he changes how he talks from panel to panel. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, yeah. So Clark fucking, you know, I don't even think he really does anything. He, the does, guy, the he guy blocks breaks the guy's his, punch yeah, and it breaks the guy's wrist. The guy breaks his own hand yeah. on Clark, which gets Clark in trouble. Lots of trouble. Yeah. Um, which I sort of understand. Like, I mean, I've never been in the military, but I know they're pretty strict as far as like, if you get in a bar fight, it doesn't matter whose fault it is. Like, yeah. Yeah. You, like you're you, not supposed to yeah, fucking can't cause any trouble or anything. Yeah. It's like it, it, it. So yeah, in a way, I mean like it's, it's understandable or at least uh realistic in that aspect. Oh, and I was going to mention too, that that scene with that guy uh, is yet another implied uh, threat of sexual assault, which. Oh yeah. Becoming, yeah. He, yeah. He like, says, this ain't busy. I'll show you busy. Come on. This will loosen you up. Giving her a beer. <laughs> then we'll, then we'll get us good and busy. It's like, can we just not, can we just like, it's 2020. I mean, this was 2019, but still, can we just stop using sexual assault as a plot device? I mean, <laughs> that'd <you> be know, <laughs> great. <laughs> it would be better if it wasn't so relevant in society nowadays, I guess. But yeah, yes. it's like, it's just like, I feel like everybody besides Clark is just trying to, you know, forcefully bang someone in this book. Even Kurtzberg with the mermaids, you know, it's like, <laughs> Yeah. It's like, it's I mean, like he, he's babes, really more they? just longing after them. He, yeah. know, he knows he can't. Which is them. almost weirder. Almost. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Clark gets uh, punished for just, you know, being a part of the, the fight, which, you know, it, ha- it happens. Yeah. So, it's, so, yeah, he's just back on base fucking cleaning toilets with his toothbrush. Yeah. That his mama <laughs> gave him, I believe, is what the guy said. Oh, yeah, because they keep calling him mama's boy. Yeah. Um, and then he's just like. Out of nowhere, he's just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna go meet the mermaids. Yeah. <laughs> he just leaves in the night. He like he like puts a little little it's like a kid sneaking out. He puts a little <laughs> dummy thing in his bed and he just fucking goes out there. Just full on. He just runs out and dives into the ocean and then starts breathing water. Yeah, he I found it weird, like, you know, it's like it's not hard to imply because you know, you know, Superman can like live in space. We know feasibly he could like go underwater and not have a problem. But like, it is weird the way Frank portrays it here because he makes it, it's like another level. It's like his body adapted to, I think, what does it literally say? He said, yeah, he says, adapt. You don't need the air. Let it out. Now breathe the water. It's easy. It's easy. And I'm like, so his his body just evolves to whatever it needs to be, I guess. Like, it's like, that's a that's a new thing, which they don't go into at all after no. this. So it's like, it, I think it, there's just like these these little snippets of like weird new things. But like Frank like doesn't want to explain them or, yeah. or, or explore them beyond that. He just wants to be able to put him there. Like right. and it's like it's like, well, this whole story won't work unless he can breathe underwater. Yeah, literally didn't have to say anything though. Like it's right. like I would have bought that Superman could just go underwater. Like, or like hold sure, his breath. Yeah, forever. Yeah. <laughs> like whatever. It's fine. You know, but like, yeah, it's like, no, he's literally breathing the water. Uh so he swims down and he meets the mermaids. And one of them, they're just they're just there. Yeah, they're hanging out, <laughs> gathering stuff, like fucking or something. sticks or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so yeah, he meets an angel named Lori. Uh, uh, he's, again, he's got a type. It's always a, it's always an L name. It is. I think later, I think they even say her last name, and it's an L name, <laughs> which I was like, oh, I get it, LL. Like, yeah, I got to stick with that. Oh, but um, what I was speaking of earlier, uh, this mermaid is like an old school Superman pole. Really? Yes. Okay. Apparently that was like an old school love interest or something like that of Clark's was like a mermaid. And I don't know if the, I, I'm speaking like from just slight recollection of reading about this, but like, so I don't know if it was like, you know, a fucking golden age 
1930s 40s thing or some shit or if it was like something later but like this this character is a pull from that and was a mermaid that was a love interest of clark at some point or something like it's interesting (laughs) yeah which i thought was a very interesting pull Uh i love that that just stuck out in frank miller's mind where he's like he makes basically a whole fucking issue about this (laughs) like and it's just like very Uh, strange that is very strange so anyway he he follows laurie uh oh yeah something fucking like crashes or something yeah right? there's like an experimental submarine that has crashed into their city um <laughs> that we don't know yet i don't think i don't think they've said quite yet that this is uh full-on atlantis yeah but it is so oh it says atlantis paradise demolished right on that page yeah um so yeah a sub has crashed into the city and everyone's you know rushing around to fix it you know save save people and rebuild and so clark Superman, uh, you know, obviously uses all his abilities to help him out. And he's, t- he's able to psych- you know, telepathically communicate with the mermaids, which explains why they established the telepathy at the beginning of the, the story. Yeah. Which I didn't pick up on until like the third time through. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he basically is like, well, I got a couple hours before I got to wake up. I'm just going to help him. And so he like rebuilds their whole city in like two hours or, you know, helps them. Yeah. To do so. He saves all the people and stuff like that that are trapped under rubble and things like that. And And basically through the course of doing this, uh, we see a change in the color of the caption boxes. So we uh, we start hearing what Lori thinks. Yeah. And she's basically like. This guy's fine. Yeah, she's (laughs) she's swooning. She's into him Uh, so much so that they get done fixing things. And she's like, hey, you need to stay here and sleep with me. Like, (laughs) that's kind of forward. Yeah. Uh, So she says, sleep with me. Make me your queen. It's like, yeah, y'all just met, though. Atlantis is different. Well, and, you know, I guess if they've been in each other's heads, you know, like. That's a they might know each very other intimate experience as much yes. as they could possibly know each other. I don't know. Um, but Clark basically is like, oh, you know, that sounds great, but I got to work in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to go, but I'll be back. And so he goes and uh, he just like walks out of the water like, I don't know, like like Creature of the Black Lagoon yeah. or something. And Kurtzberg's there, sees him. He's off base. And he's basically just like, this motherfucker, like he... He's so good. He knew exactly how to like when and how to come back that nobody would see him. He's like, he's going to make a great spy someday. Yeah, he's still trying to make him a spy. It's like, dude, he's he's out with the mermaids, dude. (laughs) So you lost him. Lost him to the mermaids. Yeah. But yeah, so like, (laughs) I guess he just goes on about his day like normal. Basically. Uh, But yeah, so next is they're they're doing like combat training on the beach. Yeah. Um, Which I thought it was weird that and. Maybe, I don't know, maybe they just didn't want to make up a bunch of new characters, but they have him paired up with the same guy mm-hmm. every time. Yeah. And like when you mentioned something earlier about like, oh, I know one of these characters is a pull. It's like, oh, I wonder if it's that guy. Like Tug or something, I think is his name. Yeah. That sounds right. So yeah, they basically have him doing combat training, like hand-to-hand combat. And then they have like the American Gladiator like jousting and then like knife training. And Clark is basically the whole time just like, this is super easy yeah, for me the shit out of everybody. And he's like, just being careful not to like actually hurt anybody. And the whole time is the officer is, I don't know if this is the same officer or not. I assume there's just one officer. It's probably that Kurtzberg guy again, but basically every single one of these different training exercises, he's like, kill him. This is where you kill him. Yeah. Kill, kill, kill. <laughs> so we get it. What Ma was afraid of. Exactly. 
But obviously Clark's real fucking good at at everything. Yeah. Because that's that's, that's his thing. Because he's Superman. Yes. <laughs> um and then and then in a second very top gun moment, his team gets called in yeah. to be like we have a situation and we're the only ones who can get there in time. Yeah, they're like, they wouldn't, we would never send you out on this, but we're the closest and the only hope for this like boat, basically, that like, got, that like got, Top Gun, that got hijacked. Except yeah. with boat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> boat gun. Yeah. Yeah. Top, top boat. Top boat. Uh, so yeah, it's basically like, you know, we're leaving. Yeah. So pack but they say like, it's like pirates, right? Or something yeah. like it. Yeah. So on they, an oil tanker, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. They, I think they talk about how it could like, it could like go up and then at any moment. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, it's very volatile and they need to stop it now and save the people and the, the payload or whatever it is on there. So yeah, they all go out to the, the ship and like, this was a part where like they're coming up to the ship and this is the thing where I don't know who, I don't know which captions are which. You know, like, I don't know if it's supposed to be Superman's thoughts or if it's the narrator, but there's one specifically that says they're like coming up on this boat. They're like climbing up the side of the boat. It says still no sound, no sign of life. It's quiet. Quiet as a tomb. And they all know what you keep in tombs. So if that's Clark, he would have heard the people that are on the boat. Yeah. So it can't be Clark, right? Yeah. So and then like, yeah, later on, it says they... Brace, I don't know. They brace, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like I say, these captions confuse me. Like parts. a mold of, of Clark and the narrator yeah. at points. But anyway, they go on, they find the crew all like slaughtered. Their necks are, you know, throats are slashed. Yeah. And then they find the pirates, or at least a few of them. And I don't know from the way this is, I feel like this is on purpose, that we don't know who's shooting these people, right? Yeah. They don't explicitly show Clark shoot anybody. Like, kind of the opposite. Yeah, they don't really show him taking anybody's life directly, at least that we can tell. He's not really, like, leading the troop, so, like, I would assume it's not him. I would assume so. Like, I, I would think it's whoever's in front, but, like, yeah. Think, is that uh, supposed to be Kurtzberg in front? I think so, I yeah. I think so. <clears throat> so, yeah, it's probably him, I guess. But, yeah, so they, whoever it is, take out these three sort of guard pirates and make their way to the bridge, go in and they kill all of them except one guy who's got a grenade. Yeah. And he's like, you know, we're all dying together in here. And Clark lunges forward, grabs the grenade and basically like holds it in his hands as it detonates and saves everybody. So, I mean, like I was just saying, it 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 does the opposite of showing him explicitly kill somebody. Yeah. Like he explicitly, you know, saves everybody, which is what he would do. I think yeah. it's kind of like, uh, it's really, uh, again, kind of just a, a weird, eerie, somewhat disturbing moment where he grabs the grenade and he's got his arms around the dude. So like he can't go anywhere, but he's holding the grenade right in front of his face. And the narration is saying how he wants to hold it in front of his face. He wants him to see like how strong he is or something like, I guess, like, you know, it's like, I think it's like he wants to him scare to, him or yeah, something. Like he like wants to like, scare him. He wants him to like, see like, this is what you were about to do. Yeah. Like. But of course he's Superman, so he holds the fucking grenade and it just like, it explodes, but it's like, you know, completely encapsulated in his hand. And like, yeah, it's just like, yeah, I don't know. It's just weird. <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, it's like, I guess he tried to teach him a lesson, but it seems like the way he does it is like very like sadistic-ish. And know. then I, I like Kurtzberg's response is just, Jesus, you crazy kid. It's like, yeah, that's it. That's all you have to say after this dude just had a grenade explode in his hands. Yeah. 
I do, I do like, yeah, I like how Clark immediately is like, well, would you look at that? Like, no harm done. Like, must have been a dummy or some shit like that. Like, yeah, it's like, charge must have been faulty is what he says. And it's just like, that thing clearly fucking exploded. Like, I do love know. that panel. Yeah. Like, his, his like, gloves are all blown off. He's got bare hands. Yeah. The guy who, smoking the and guy shit. who was holding the grenade is like, visibly freaked the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. So, uh, <laughs> basically because of that, Clark gets called into the, the, you know, commanding officer's office or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're basically like, Hey, that was really irresponsible, but you did actually save some people. So we're going to give you an honorable discharge, yeah, honorable discharge, but you gotta go, <laughs> you gotta get out of here. So yeah. Kicked out of the Navy. Uh, so he's packing his stuff up and we see we see the Superman cape. Yeah. In his uh, in his bags for the first time, uh, at least the first time since he was a baby. Yeah. I find it funny, too, when we show him packing up, he's he doesn't have a shirt on. Right. And he's like way more big and ripped than he looks in like the clothes at any point in this book, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the the military will do that to you. I That's guess. true. Yeah. Well, but what if he doesn't have his, his dog's tags on too? Yeah. If everything has been so easy for him, would would any of that have even built up muscle on I Superman? Know. I don't know how that works. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, he he's getting ready to leave, and Kurtzberg stops him and is basically like, "Hey, dude, like I know something's up with you." He's like, "Just you know, make sure you do good things with it." Basically, so Clark's like, "Yep, thanks. You know that that sounds great." Uh, and he starts walking away and Kurtzberg's like, hey, uh, he exits that way. And Clark's just like, I'm good. And hops fence and jumps, uh, not even jumps in, just walks into the ocean. Yeah. With his bag and everything. Yeah. I love what he says too after he goes or Kurtzman is like, uh, can't you damn rascal give the ladies my regards? <laughs> Yar. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is happening <laughs> at this point? I'm like, what is going on? And it's just so funny, too, because there's still so much of this issue left we, we to are, go. <laughs> that was page 35 of 70. So much so shit happens in this fucking issue. Halfway through. And it hasn't even gotten really weird yet. No. It's like there's a whole other story here. So part two of issue two, kind of, uh, is Clark swimming back down, back down to it, you know, to Atlantis, to, uh, the mermaids, to, to Lori. And, uh, I have like this weird, there's like this weird, like free feeling that goes over me when I read these pages where it's just like, he's like, oh yeah, no more military responsibility. I'm just going to go be with these mermaids and shit. It's like really weird. And like, I, I love how there's just like this strange, like optimism to the narration where it's like, it, I don't know. It makes it sound like epic though. Cause like the first lines is where fucking he writes, uh, the surface sounds muffle and recede. He listens to his own heart pound and then he hears the angel sing. <laughs> like, it's like this, like really emotive, like, like just fuck. Yeah. No more job or whatever, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it, it is very, uh, sort of accurate to like, I guess he'd be 18 or so here. So like, yeah, like an 18 to 21 year old, like that's exactly the kind of mindset that, that they have, Yeah, you know, or it's just like, cool, I'll just go do this other thing then. Yeah. Fuck it. It doesn't, you know, I'll figure it out. <laughs> I don't have any responsibilities cause I'm not, you know, in my thirties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so he, he finds old, uh, old Lori. Yeah. Who is, uh, stoked to see him says, come to our secret place. Where dreams come true. <laughs> Lori Lamaris. There it is. There it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Which does that mean? Well, we'll get to it. Um, Can I just say it real quick too? Like, uh, because we haven't talked about like designs much in this book other than just like the weird proportions, which is par for the course for Ramita sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I do really like the design of these of these mermaids and shit. That's cool. <laughs> like, they're kind of like like they're not like, you know, the typical like, uh, you know, like Little Mermaid style where it's like it's just a human, you know, Cl- clamshell. Bra. Yeah, it's, it's just a human, though, like on top, like, you know, and uh, like it's like they have like weird like, like tenderly type things. yeah tenderly things and like the they have like gill things on their but it's not like on the side it's like on the sides but more on the backs and like and they're they, they got marks on their face and stuff and their hair has weird streaks it's like it's like oh yeah that's a, it's a, it's just a cool design i don't know <laughs> like it, it looks more like a sea creature than, yeah yeah than like your typical mermaid uh so oh, yeah i was gonna ask about this too because you know how they go uh she's all like yeah you, you need to go to my like my my secret place or whatever. And Lori is thinking, she says like, Clark, Clark Kent, love of my life. I can't lose you. It's time you met my family. It's time you met my father. But then the next page is like, says, but first my sailor man, my Superman, but first let us frolic, let us frolic. They banged, right? That's what like, I assume. That's the thing. I assume <laughs> okay. that's the problem. It's like, that's, that's what they mean. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I actually, in my notes, I said, she wants him to be her father, but first let's quote frolic. Frolic. And then in parentheses, I wrote bone. <laughs> yeah. It's gotta be, it's gotta be. Right? Uh, and then Clark falls asleep and he wakes up and she's nowhere to be found. It's like, well, that's strange. Right? Yeah. It's also weird that they tell us that in the narration. Yeah. Like we don't actually see that. It's like this long drawn out shot of him like walking, like to reveal like this, this splash page of him walking. Uh, And it's like, it's a cool page, but it's just a weird uh, thing. I don't know. Normally you would like show him waking up or something, you know, I don't know. And be like, yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'm alone. (laughs) It's just a little strange choice. Well, (laughs) but you know. We're about to get into some more strange choices here. Uh-huh. So, uh, uh, so yeah, this page where we see him in the suit yeah. for the first time, aside from cover art, I guess. Yeah. Uh, this is where we find out that her father is none other than Poseidon, Lord of the Seven Seas. Yeah, and and, and you're kind of like, he's got to be pulling from like some Golden Age, Silver Age shit or something, because like, that's just not cohesive with like DC continuity, you know? I mean, like, it's like, yeah, like Poseidon and shit exist but it's like it's like everybody is this fucking aquaman you know <laughs> like it's like it's right. uh, it's just it's just it's strange like, if this is atlantis yeah it's like you're dealing with fucking arthur and shit you know like yeah. i mean like and and we know that unless maybe not yet but like him and superman are roughly around like supposed to be like the same age you yeah. know so it's like it, it, i don't know and and again this is like miller's quote-unquote universe so it's like you know maybe aquaman just doesn't fucking exist or maybe. whatever i don't know i don't he, remember was aquaman to do it was aquaman and fucking dark knight strikes again <laughs> i don't remember i don't remember much about that <laughs> i book. remember the flash and shit in there but i don't remember yeah. if aquaman was in there but yeah um yeah no it's yeah it's just kind of strange i'm like oh it's like literally poseidon like okay just, just right. the actual yeah. god poseidon all right <laughs> sure <laughs> I'm yeah. on this train. I can't get off now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're halfway through here, you know. So, but yeah, it's like, but yeah, and it. I find it weird too. We get this exposition wherein uh, this is another moment where, like I was saying, it it or like you were saying earlier, it jumps between the narration and the conversation because they communicate, like him and Lori communicate telepathically. So, like, and that's not shown in like speech bubbles. It's shown in caption boxes that right. are different colors. So it's like we get the whole thing about how he wakes up and she's not there, which is presumably the narration. But then they're talking, yep. so it switches, and it's like it's kind of confusing. 
Like, because yeah. <laughs> then she's the one who gives the whole exposition drop about like, oh, her father, Poseidon. Like, yeah, that's where we learn who he is and shit like that. And that she's his very favorite, Poseidon's very favorite. Creepy. Daughter. Oh, it gets creepier. It gets creepier. Buckle up. I mean, like, I think you can, I think listeners, you can understand from the implication where that goes. But yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. Uh, so seeing now we have blue <laughs> caption boxes. I think that's supposed to be Superman. He says this is where they come from. It says this is what dreams are made of. This is Atlantis. But then there aren't any more blue captions. I don't know. <laughs> I guess that's just like that's to indicate that he's not talking to someone. That's like his thoughts. Maybe because that seems like something he would just think. Yes, you know? like it's like I, I doubt he'd just be saying that to Lori. <laughs> Uh, so then he comes across a, what he calls a silent statue standing sentry, uh, which we all know is not going to stay silent. And it's not <laughs> a statue. It, 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 it's standing sentry because it's, it's a sentry. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he starts walking up to it. And it's a it, big old armored thing with a big old hammer. Yeah. So it attacks him. And it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool looking. It <laughs> I like it. It kind of reminds me, it's, it reminds me a little bit and it's not by no means a ripoff. I mean, it's a, it's a big robotic statue guard thing they're all over the place but kind of like uh the first thor movie the like the the big sentinel things that they have in asgard yeah oh you mean that. the destroyer is that what that's called yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah it kind of looks like that kind of reminds me too because it's got like a when it's like alive and moving and shit it has like a big old like green bulb in the middle of its head kind of looks like uh that video game uh, uh bioshock you know i have that game yeah. i still haven't played it uh david nieves gave me that game oh nice and right after he gave it to friend me, of the show david nieves yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he got like a free like press copy or something and he already had it or something so he gave it to me and like Literally the next day, my PlayStation stopped working. Oh, that's shitty. <laughs> and then it, I, I've since gotten another PlayStation, but I never went back and played it. Yeah. It kind of looks like some of the enemies in that game. Like I could see that based yeah. on some of the imagery I've seen. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, Superman fights this thing. Presumably this is like a trial, right? Like that's what we're, we're, what's yeah, implied. Yeah, like they're testing him yeah, or something. To make sure he's worthy to even meet Poseidon. Yeah, be there. Like, and he just, he just laser eyes the shit out of it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I liked the, uh, the description of this. I actually wrote down as far as like, I thought this was a cool like depiction of like what his heat vision feels like. Oh yeah. It says a fire burns within him, a fire born in a red star, the fire, it surges from the pit of his gut. It fills his chest like a blast furnace. It runs molten lava up his throat. It gathers behind his eyes. It's happening again, which I assume is just like, again, as in like, I lit the kitchen on fire last time. I yeah. Did this. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That's really rad. That's like a cool description of that. Uh, but yeah, so he just blasts this thing's hammer basically to pieces. It and like it, explodes. And like then it's a- and then he takes telepathic control of the statue, which I thought that was interesting. Yeah. He's just like, oh, well, now that I took his weapon away, I'm just going to ask him to go away. And he does. <laughs> yeah, he, he so, does. He just oh, goes away. It would have been good to try that first, maybe, yeah. you know? Well, but he had the hammer, you know. <laughs> the hammer prevents tele- uh, telepathy. Yeah, some weird rules. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, so, very strange. <laughs> so basically, he passed the test. He comes into Poseidon's court, and I like this part. So I do my best at a bow or a kneel. He's like, I, 
I don't, I've never met a god before. I don't really know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, he says, or, or whatever you're supposed to do in front of a king. I thought that was cool, yeah. Because he is he's, so new, especially like seeing... He's a humble know, Kansas boy. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. especially see, seeing, you know, like modern day Superman who like, he deals with, you know, intergalactic leaders and like, that's his whole thing. Like, yeah. he knows exactly. So like to see him like sort of like, I've never done this before. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I like that. Um. And Laurie says he shows you respect, and he says he disrespects nothing. He squats like a frog. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then they just start calling him a frog. Yeah. Repeatedly. Yeah, they, I think because they refer to, like, his legs being fucking frog legs or whatever. Yeah, instead, yeah. Of, instead of mermaid legs. Yeah. Which, which, by the way, Poseidon has, like, a stereotypical mermaid sort of tail. Yeah. Where everyone else seems to not. They right? all, Yeah, they all have kind of, like, weirder, like, uh, some of them even have, like, legs, but they're more, they have, like, fins and shit on him and yeah. stuff like that like it's a yeah he's got like classic mermaid tail for whatever reason yeah and big old <laughs> octopus throne oh i didn't even notice that which i liked that is cool <laughs> uh so yeah poseidon right off the bat not a fan he's of, like fuck this guy he's like this this <laughs> idiot yeah it's like what makes you think that you know like what makes you think you're worthy to even he, he like he wants to bang my wife daughter <laughs> like it's like just daughter yeah so far <laughs> <clears throat> my prospective wife daughter uh, but Poseidon basically just like, all right, you know, we're going to, we're going to kill this guy. And <laughs> he doesn't give him a chance at all. <laughs> he like, he just like drops a mountain on him. Yeah. Uh, and Superman is just like, okay. And just kind of stands up. Yeah. And he's like, well, that <laughs> gives a classic Superman pose. Yeah. It's, it's, that's a good panel. Uh, and then there's like some kind of electric fish creatures that attack him. It just doesn't affect him at and all. He, and this is. <laughs> There was a point earlier that I I forgot to mention, but uh, there have been a couple times in this book where it basically he basically says like electricity makes him stronger. Yeah, which that's like a it new, a literally new charges well. him. Yeah, yeah, I was like, huh. Which sure, like that sounds like some fucking Silver Age shit though, yeah. where it's like he would just fucking every issue just have whatever power he needed to <laughs> right. to be able to handle whatever the situation was in the book. Yeah, like, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, so yeah, basically <laughs> they try to electrocute him, and he's just like. Oh no, like this is, this is great. I love, I love <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, this is fine. And then they have these Atlanteans with like laser spears who zap him <laughs> and that doesn't do anything either. And, uh, I like that panel where after they blast him and he's just looking up at them and there's like fucking fire and lava and shit on the ground and he's just staring up at them like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Assholes. Yeah. <laughs> I did just notice his uh, chest emblem changed color in that panel. Oh, it changed, oh, it did, it changed color a while back. Oh, no, no. So that, that epic shot of him busting out from under the mountain, that's got that same original black and yeah, red. So his costume in this is pretty much like your standard Superman costume. But the big difference being that like his uh, emblem on his chest is, you know, it's got the red outline and the red S, but then uh, it's um it's black behind the S instead of yellow. But yeah, there's some error here. They, Which, if I'm not mistaken, the black behind the S, like, that was his original. It's like, the David. classic, like, look, yeah, yeah, like, it's, uh, and what they did in uh, Kingdom Come, too. He, when he yeah. comes back, he has okay. the black S, yeah. But yeah, then he gets electrocuted, and it turns to a yellow background. That's weird. We'll see. I we'll see if it changes that. back. Yeah, it, yeah. It very well might. I didn't notice that at all. I didn't either. Maybe that was just the coloring on these couple pages. That's strange, though. Um, so yeah, basically <laughs> Poseidon's pissed that nothing's working to kill this guy, and, uh, so he bangs his fist on his throne a couple times, and the Kraken comes. Yeah. And grabs Superman, 
and its tentacles. And that fucking reveal page is pretty sick. It is pretty cool. It's this thing <laughs> is very big. Yeah, it's like the it's it's different than like other interpretations of the kraken, where it's not just like a giant. You know, like the face. I think people think more like, uh, you know, like giant squid. Yeah, yeah. Like it, and and this is like. It's got more of like an eel head, like in like a piranha eel head or something, and then it's just got like it's like fucking, a dragon almost, like, like yeah, like and then like forty tentacles behind it, like after a giant like neck, and like it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, because it, it looks like it, it's got like clawed hands too. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's like a dragon except like tentacles, like with like a squid butt. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's I didn't cool. actually look that closely at it before, but. Pretty neat. Yeah, it's pretty rad. <laughs> so yeah, Clark has a bit of a, a rough go of it with the Kraken. Like nothing too serious. Like he was never really in any danger, but he's he has he has some difficulty fighting the Kraken. Uh, and while he's doing that, I think this is where things get weird with uh, Poseidon. <laughs> yeah, this is where it happens. Yeah. Um, so you find out that Poseidon isn't just a dick. It's like he's a completely irredeemable dick. Yeah. Uh, because he's trying to marry his daughter or whatever. He says, here's the quote. Um, <laughs> so Lori says, Father, you fiend. He was my hero, my man. Because she, oh, yeah. she they, thinks they that the think that, eaten yeah. him. Well, technically, he has eaten him. Uh, technically, yeah. yeah. Uh, we, we know Clark's not dead. And Poseidon says, you shall have no man but Poseidon. This is his daughter. Yeah. Uh, for all the days of your life, you will reign by my side. You will take your mother's place in every respect. And you're like, ew, ew. go away, Poseidon. Uh, she says up. to him, the Kraken is but a creature. You are the monster. Which, yeah, you're not wrong. So, yeah, that happens. And, and it's uncomfortable. Like, you're like, I don't like this. And then... The- <laughs> and then the Kraken gets, uh, we get some captions of what the Kraken's thinking. And I thought that was really funny. Yeah, yeah. Kraken yeah. not happy. Stomach hurts bad. And yeah. <laughs> he basically just, barfs up Superman. Yeah, he barfs him up. And uh, Clark comes in and he's just like, hey, Poseidon, fuck you. Yep. <laughs> you're, just, you're, just dripping with bile. Yeah. <laughs> I think it even says that at one point. Like, Oh, yeah. And bile, un- undigested bile and bile drenched. Yeah. Gross. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> Lori fucking things well daddy has he not proven himself and he says what you say pops that's so fucking funny that's like a weird like snarky superman like you know it's like it's just like i forgot about that i i I, I, (laughs) that made me laugh when i read it i was like what the fuck yeah clark just being like what do you say pops like he's just like i'm gonna fucking bang your daughter (laughs) and you can't do anything about it but yeah, basically Poseidon is fully still pissed and kind of gone crazy. And he drops, I, I think it's just like a big stone pillar. Yeah. On Superman. He's always dropping things. Yeah, just dropping stuff on people. And everybody is very concerned that that was going to kill him. It's like, was no one watching when he dropped like a giant mountain on him before? Yeah, seems seems strange. I mean, like in the Kraken, you know, it seemed like a bigger threat than a, than the pillar. But, you know, it's whatever. You would think. Uh, so anyway, yeah, Superman just like lifts up the pillar and he's like, okay, that's that the best you got kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> and af- at which point Poseidon's just like, well, shit, that's all I got. I guess I'm going <laughs> to leave. The pillar was the last option. <laughs> that, was, like, yeah. that was my <laughs> last resort. Was it dropping seems, a pillar on you. Seems like the least threatening thing he did yeah. to him. Uh, but yeah, and he just kind of, he just kind of skulks away yeah, just like oh <laughs> yeah. okay i guess you can have my daughter then yeah and then there's like this weird like hunky-dory ending where like laurie and superman are like together and 
they're just like, yeah, things are cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's like, I guess I'm just going to fucking rule Atlantis now. The, la- the last uh, line of this, or it's two captions. He could stay here and never leave, not for his whole life. It's like, well, he's going to leave. We know that. Yeah, we know. It, it's just, yeah, what a weird way to like in that issue. It's just like, it's just this completely different status quo for Superman that we're like, we know isn't going to last, but like, we just spent this 70 pages fucking <laughs> leading up to him. Just He became the king of Atlantis, apparently, for a while. Like, it's a, it's fucking wild. I don't know. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> so. What a weird, what a weird issue. That's the one that, like, threw me. It's I was the just weirdest. Like, I was like, I don't. For sure. I was like, I guess I'm on board. I don't know. Like, I was like, I, I don't. <laughs> it's just, like, I think I had mentioned to you, I was talking with Erica uh, my wife. So when I was, you know, doing this read through and she's never read this. Yeah. And so I sort of was like, Oh man, this, this book is fucking bonkers. I was like, <laughs> I just read that, that issue. And I was like, yeah, you know, like he joins the Navy and then he meets mermaids and then one of them falls in love with him. And then he meets Poseidon and then battles the Kraken and gets barfed up by the Kraken. And then, and then becomes King of Atlantis. And then like Poseidon leaves and he's the new King. And Erica's like, Oh, <laughs> exactly. Oh, weird. What else are you going to say? Oh, <laughs> So I want to see Frank's uh, pitch for for that issue. <laughs> like his. Do you outline. think he even has to make pitches? Probably not. I'm surprised he's not like you know. That's the whole thing to bring it back to that when when DC decided to make this uh, rated T book instead of like the mature book. Like if they did change stuff, like I'm surprised Frank isn't one of those people like Grant Morrison who has it like in his contract that like he can't be like edited. You know, like he seems like he would definitely be able to make that call. Yeah. Like, I don't know. That's just weird to me. <laughs> I just have to wonder, like, what kind of what kind of awful shit would have been in this book if they had let him make a mature reader's book? I don't know. I mean, like, uh, like would, are, would all that sexual assault have been? Yeah, we've already had like, like three, would we actually see it? We've had three, like, very close to rape situations like, going it, on here. Is that what know. made them change the rating? Is we're, we're like... No, Frank, you can't have a rape scene in a Superman book. <laughs> in in every book, <laughs> basically. Like, yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't know. That's about the only... That, no one knows. Yeah, I don't know. Because, like, those moments, too, feel so weird. Like, because they don't, like, match the rest of the tone of the book half the time. Yeah. And not to say that they're not, like, important if they, like, you know, motivate, like, the characters of the story to move on or, or progress in a certain way. But like, it really does seem like it just comes with like this random, like hard hitting situation every now and then. And it's yeah. always like the threat of someone being sexually assaulted. Like, yeah. and yeah, I don't know. Just weird. I don't remember for sure. I feel like there might be one in the third issue too. Like it's like <laughs> one per book. I don't know. This is the one I remember the least. Yeah. To be honest, kind of, you know, spoilers a bit for me, but it, it fizzles a little bit. Here at the end, I remember the Atlanta shit really well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like that's it, the shit. That it's sticks memorable. Out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. So issue three. Yeah, let's go ahead. My, my my note that I wrote in here is uh, not good, but better. <laughs> <laughs> that was after issue two, uh, which really, you know, talking through issue two, I feel like I enjoy it more. <laughs> yeah, because. I think I'm appreciating just how ridiculous it is. It's just like the right amount of like bonker shit, but it takes itself like serious enough that you're like, you're like, well, like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like it, like I said, it's the most memorable issue to me of all three of these, like pretty easily. Like 
And, and, and when I think on it, like just as a whole, I'm like, I kind of like that. I was like, I don't know. It's just fucking weird. And it, it's like, weird. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It's a thing I read. Uh, see, I remember this I, one. I this, think I remember issue three the most because, because like I said, I, I read these like one issue when per they day. came out. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, like when rereading it for this, I did one issue. Oh, per yeah. Day. So I read this one on Thursday. Like, so it's the most recent in my, in my memory. Yeah. Um, but this one starts out, uh, we don't know exactly how much time has passed. I would assume like, I don't know, maybe like a, a year or something, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It kind of feels like it's been a little while, but not like crazy long. But yeah, it opens with uh, an underwater scene with a submarine. Um, and all of a sudden, the sub's hit by something. Uh, we don't quite know yet. Uh, come to find out that it's being shot like basically torpedoed from Atlantis. Uh, basically, they're, they're just like, hey, you're not supposed to be here. It's nothing personal. You know, they don't they don't know who it is. Yeah. But it is Lois Lane. It is. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and oh, this. So this is a part that I, I have to bring up as a pet peeve. This issue in particular, there's a lot of repeated dialogue. Mm hmm. To the point where I, I'd made a note at some point, something like, I don't know if like this was getting close to the end of the series and he had like a word count he needed to hit. So he just started like repeating lines. I mean, that's not a, uh, as we even know from the Daredevil Man Without Fear episode we did, like that's, that's a, that's a trope he likes though. He does. He, he likes to repeat things, but, but he does it with a lot gets, of shit. This one gets excessive he does it with a lot of shit in this one and it doesn't seem like it's always like the most impactful lines whereas like you know with like daredevil he was like he was driving home like a point like you know or something like you know yeah but with this it's like it's like he just picked random shit and put it it over and over again and like some of them are okay like like this so uh lois's sub gets hit and the uh you know, the glass starts cracking and like, you know, she's in the, the deep ocean. So obviously like the pressure's further, further cracking and like, yeah, it's a bad situation to be in for sure. And so like this, this is not, this is what made me think of it, but this is actually like an okay use where it says like, she's going to die. She's going to die. Like that's a serious thing. Like that's something you can reinforce, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, well, I'll, I'll try to point out some of the uh, more <laughs> gratuitous on, ones yeah. as we go. Because, like, by the end of this issue, like, reading it, it was making me, like, actively mad. You're like, Jesus. Just, just shut up. <laughs> I, I think the, the note I said sounded like sounded like an old man, uh, a confused old man babbling into a tape recorder, I think is what I said. <laughs> I'm sorry. Frank Miller, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I really, I don't mean anything. Yeah, he, mean won't, anything he won't by. listen to us. It's okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> Ramita might. Ramita might, yeah. <laughs> and, and Mr. Ramita Jr., if you're listening, you did a good job on this one. Yeah, yeah. So she's in a, in a bad situation, and Superman comes and saves her because that's what Superman does. But thinking about it now, like, if he's, if we're supposed to believe he's now the king of Atlantis, <laughs> shouldn't he have been able to be like, oh, like, don't, don't shoot at random submarines anymore? Yeah, I don't know. It's unclear. Like, because it seems like they just they you know it was just like a perimeter breach, and so they just start firing. Yeah, I don't know. It's but really, then why would he pick this one to be like, no, I'm gonna go save this one. Yeah, I don't know. It's strange. Maybe he just like heard her or something, or, or like I, I yeah, I don't know why he would yeah. pick to do that when they 
Destiny. Yeah. <laughs> Just cause. Uh, so anyway, yeah, he goes and he he pushes her sub up to the surface, which is a very good, I think it's a full page. Yeah, full page spread of him pushing the sub up. Uh-huh. It's very well done. Yeah, it's cool. And the emblem's back to the black background now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, okay. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Sinclair. He forgot for a bit. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, yeah, no, it's a, it's a neat sequence. Um, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of this repeated shit coming up here because uh, he takes Lois out and puts her on the beach. Yes. Uh, and he's like trying to resuscitate her. Yeah, like she's as good as dead. She's as good as dead. She's as good as dead. That's just not right. She's not going to die. I won't let her die. I won't let her die. And it's like, keep your wits about you. Keep your wits about you. Like yeah. all of those would have been totally acceptable if they said them once. Yeah. Or just repeated like one of these, but yeah. it's like, it's in every panel. Yeah. Like, goddamn. Gently. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Nothing. No response. Nothing. Don't panic. Don't panic. Work the heart. Work the heart. <laughs> it's like, it's excessive. Like this page, I think this was the, ex- the specific page that I was like, I got to make a note of this. <laughs> Like, this yeah. is driving me crazy. Uh, anyway, so yeah, he he does resuscitate Lois. She coughs up a bunch of blood. <laughs> I I like when uh, or not blood, water. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> not blood at all. I like when uh, when she with the panels where she wakes up because she looks like so distraught and shocked. And then when she coughs up the water, the next panel is her covering her mouth, and she's like, "Oh God!" Like, and she's looking up at him. <laughs> And then she's like, thank, and she stops herself and she's like, my name is Lois. And fuck it, I thought that was funny. I don't know if she's supposed to be like, Like, I mean, obviously she's surprised that like a dude and he's dressed the way he is, like saved her. But like, I like to think that she's just, uh, she's kind of smitten with him right off the bat, you know, like, and it's like. (laughs) See, I read it as because like, so so right before her dialogue, it says her, her. But her damn voice comes out like wet gravel. Yeah. And so the way I like, I like read that in my head was her going. <clears throat> I think that's how it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, but oh, that, that's just kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's like. <laughs> uh, so he's just like, yeah, no problem, Bob. And he lifts her up and puts her in a tree for he some reason. He puts her reason. in a palm tree. Yeah. I thought that was really weird. <laughs> and like the only thing I can imagine is like he he must have already heard the threat that then that they then tell us he hears. You know, yeah. like he must have been like, he, he knew that those dudes were in the woods. So he's like, I'm gonna put you up here. I'll come back for you. And he does say, I'll be, I'll be right back. And then there's a bunch of soldiers coming out of the woods. Yeah. Attacking him. Yeah. They come out, they try to beat him up. And I, I don't actually know. Are we, do we know who these guys are? Like, are they just random, random bad guy soldiers? Uh, or are these intended to be like U.S. soldiers? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. We don't know where they are, I guess. <laughs> also, everyone, including Lois, just keeps calling him Flyboy in this. Because <laughs> one of the soldier guys calls him that, too. Oh, I guess because he flies. Yeah. And that he, is something he does. Yeah, he, I don't know. He's more of a fly man. Really. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so these soldiers all attack him with like batons and things. And that goes about as well as, you know, it ever does. Yeah. Clark pretty much just stands there the whole time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And here, this was the other part I was I, I was thinking of before. They tase him. He says, it tickles. It makes me stronger. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Explicitly say like, oh, electricity makes him stronger, which just that's, weird. That, it's it's different. I'm fine with it. Yeah. It's just it, it's it, probably something in some Superman story. It probably is. I mean, or maybe yeah, it's a like tribute. you said, I bet it's something like that. I remember yeah. the tribute uh, to Electric Blue Superman. When he when he got the electricity fucking makeover for a we while. don't talk about that. Hey, that was a cool design. I fucking <laughs> when I fucking went to uh um 
when me and Elena, my girlfriend, we went on that road trip recently and uh, we ended up in uh, Metropolis and like uh, took a picture with like the big Superman statue and they had a big like, you know, Superman <laughs> gift shop and we went in and they had like all these different Superman shirts. I was looking for an electric blue Superman shirt. I was like, I would wear that. I would wear that with that emblem on it. I wonder if they make it. They do. I've seen them before, okay. but yeah, but they didn't have one there. I was like, fuck. Um, Justice for electric blue Superman. <laughs> I just think I just had a, a flashback when I was a little kid. I had a VHS tape of like old Superman cartoons. Yeah. And one of them was like, it's like a pretty well-known one. It's like he's fighting a bunch of these robots that like capture Lois. And I remember at one point they're like shooting lightning bolts at him. And he's like, ah, and like getting electrocuted. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, that definitely yeah, didn't like, make him stronger. Electricity then. does not make him stronger. And- but then he like builds up against him and then he starts punching the lightning bolts back at the robots. It's That's like, sick. Yeah. It's a cool, <laughs> cool cartoon. I found it. I think I found it on YouTube. Like one day. Oh, nice. <laughs> old, old classic cartoon. I feel like that. Uh, I know that it's pretty well known, obviously, but the the Bruce Tim Superman animated series that came out, like, you know, after the Batman one. Yeah. I feel like that series is super underrated. Like everybody's always like, oh, it's like the Batman one, but like not as good. But like, I really like that show. I thought it was really yeah. good. <laughs> I, I actually haven't rewatched that one ever i don't like i watched it back when it was originally airing and i loved it i put on a few episodes not too long ago um because it's you know it's on hbo yeah and stuff now and uh um i was like man yeah the show was great i really liked the superman show yeah i'd revisit that i'm so, trying to get erica to watch uh the justice league cartoon because oh, she's yeah. never seen that and we went to that justice league panel at planet yeah <laughs> and she was like yeah, maybe i'll watch it she yeah. had, you know, one i'm of, always up for watch, rewatching you know, that the only um i think it was written by jmd mateus but uh the only adaptation that alan moore has given his approval of and sign off for and actually has his name credited as the source material is the episode of the justice league series like i said i think it was written for the show by jmd mateus but it's the adaptation of the for the man who has everything when he really? uh yeah that annual that alan moore wrote and like it's like the only thing that Alan Moore was like, yeah. And like, he's like, I like that. And he, and he had his, his names actually on it. Like, nice. yeah. <laughs> well, if and when I rewatch it, I'll have yeah. to keep an eye off it. It's a great adaptation. I mean, it's pretty much just the book, but <laughs> it's, it's really good. So I'm just looking here. So these soldiers definitely have American flags on their shoulders. Yes, they do. So they are American. I, I was just curious. It's like, are these like his... The guys he was like in training with, you know, I don't know I don't, because like, I don't I f- think they explicitly say one way or the other. Yeah. I feel like they would have said something like, you know, more personal to him. They really just yeah. seem like they're coming after him. Like they know who he is and like they have like uh, some experimental like weapons that they're just like trying on him. And obviously they don't like work, but they're, I don't know. It's like they know he exists and they want to like try some weird fucking technology shit on him and stuff and like i don't know it's it's not really like explicitly explained so this was a weird a weird little exchange that i i remembered uh they're basically like trash talking to get you know back and forth and then this guy says to superman you got no idea whose feet you're stepping on flyboy these big feet big feet like jehovah's and then superman says don't you dare speak of the sacred it's like what? <laughs> like, why are we talking about Jehovah? I like, I kind of like Superman being like overly Christian, like religious. Like, it's just kind of a funny thing. Like, uh, it's like a, they do that with Captain America sometimes too. It's like, you know, it's, it, he's just like, 
It's like, you know, because there's that famous line in the first Avengers movie where fucking Black Widow's all like, you might want to sit this one out, Cap. Like, they're basically gods. She's talking about Thor and Loki, you know? And then uh, he's like, <laughs> he's like, there's only one god, ma'am. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. Like, that <laughs> shit. Like, it's like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> For characters like Superman and, and, uh, Captain America and things it's like I'm not a religious guy myself, but like I, I like it when that's a trait of those characters. It's just kind it of makes fun. sense. Yeah. <laughs> especially. Yeah. Like especially like Cap, well, like given the era he grew up in. Yeah. And Superman being a small, small town, small town guy. Yeah. yeah. It's like it, it makes sense. Uh, so anyway, these soldiers, they keep attacking and like after this talk, they bring out this like prototype experimental weapon they built just to use against Superman and it doesn't work. Yeah. It's like this weird thing that like hooks onto him. Like it grabs, like yeah. it's, it's like a six arm thing and, and then electrocutes him. Yeah. It just doesn't do shit. Like, and it's like, <laughs> it does, it does nothing. And then he just busts it open. Yeah. Like, and then he throws sand in everyone's faces so hard that they all fall down, which <laughs> is pretty funny. Pretty extreme. Uh, so he goes back to Lois, who's in shock. He finds her press badge. Yeah, uh, so he's like, oh, she's a reporter. Yeah, and that's yeah. how he, like, knows who she is. And uh, he flies her away somewhere, presumably safe. Uh, from he there... He wraps her in his cape. Oh, yeah. Which I thought yeah, was a that, nice touch. That is worth mentioning. Because <laughs> she's cold. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because oh, he's, like, like, he's like, I can, she's freezing, like, barely breathing or yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's like, oh. And then he says, I'll always keep you safe, Lois Lane. And you're like... What about what about Lori? <laughs> what about Lana? <laughs> what about Lana? <laughs> she loves you and misses you. Yeah, you creep. Uh, <laughs> so next thing we know, he's riding a train. He just he, wants to make sure he has someone to bang wherever he goes. I mean, that's woman in every port or yeah, whatever. Is that the, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we find out that he's enrolled in Kansas State University, which I have <laughs> hey, to. Sturt. <laughs> I have to wonder. Do you think that? Frank Miller even knew that was a real university or was he he's just, just like, guessing? Yeah. Yeah. I think he's just guessing. He's just from Kansas. It's got Kansas state. Kansas state. Sure. And, so, yeah. and you're like, yes, that is a university. Indeed. He probably thought it was a made up one. I bet. I bet <laughs> if he knew it was real, he would have like named it something else. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So Clark moves to Manhattan, Kansas, <laughs> which is in a real place too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And basically, like, blows everybody away at the college. And they're like, oh, like, you know, this is all really great. Uh, we know a guy at the at a paper in Metropolis. Like, we can set you up with, like, I think it's like an internship kind of thing is what it's supposed to be. Yeah. I like the uh, little attention they give to the fact that he likes journalism. Like, he likes doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, he's, and he's into it. Because, like, like, he could do anything. Yeah. You know? It's like, no, he does this because he, he likes it. You know? It's like... It's not like even in uh not to again kind of kind of dunk on Man of Steel here, but like the fact that like he seemingly only ever got the job there, like because at the end of that film he's like, I need a place where I can lay low and be near the action and stuff. It's like purely just to be Superman, but it's like no, like Clark he he likes writing stuff. He likes being a journalist. Like yeah. it's like, that is that is a nice touch. Yeah. It's like, um, so yeah, he, uh, we see him sort of like showing up in the big city of Metropolis and yeah. kind of talking about how weird it is and how there's, you know, it's just so much different than, uh, what he's used to. He says the fashions here, the styles, it's like another planet. <laughs> and there's a guy on that panel that sort of looks like Brian Azzarello, but it's probably a coincidence. Um, and then... Which, hang on. 
me. Like he's yeah. walking up the stairs up to, I, I assume, like his new apartment. Oh, or yeah, that dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does look like Brian Azarello. See, uh, so he has a jacket on there. Yeah. So it's like Jim. Jim or Jinx, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. Jinx, that'd be funny because that'd be like Jinx World, uh, Brian Michael Bendis. Who's also a bald man, but he doesn't have a goatee. He's not. <laughs> Has he ever? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I've never seen him with a goatee. Uh, so, yeah. So he's, you know, adjusting to the world and a child runs out in front of a truck as is bound to happen in any Superman book. Yeah. And uh, he obviously saves the kid and everyone keeps saying, move like lightning, like lightning, move like lightning, lightning. He was the fastest lightning. <laughs> And like people, but you got to stop flash, talking like that. The Flash was very jealous of that, <laughs> but that happened off off uh, page. So we, but yeah. So he goes to the Daily Planet for his interview. I think it's an interview. It's sort of like a. It sort of implied that like he had the job, but then he also had an interview. You yeah, know? yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, because but, like, but he meets Perry. Yeah, for Perry the first time, who's yelling? As he <laughs> should be. He's like yelling in every panel he's in. He's he, he's never not yelling. He, that's, <laughs> that's Perry White. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so, like cool. Uh, but he walks into like the sort of a, I, I don't know anything about how newspapers work, so I don't know the name of this room, but the room where all the people are, the reporters yeah, are. The bullpen or, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, like, and he walks in and he sees Lois and he's like, shit. <laughs> she's gonna recognize me i will be right back so he goes to a store called top hat <laughs> and buys a fedora and, <laughs> and a pair gla- of glasses the glasses a la yeah. christopher reeve uh superman or i guess clark kent and uh as far as we know he then just leaves and goes and changes into his superman suit yeah he uh i i like the line where he after he puts on the hat and the glasses and he like the narration is just says dress to unimpress <laughs> that's me nobody's mistaking clark kent for a man of steel that's like, good very nice uh so yeah he's we see him up on a rooftop just sort of scanning the city yeah I listening guess. he basically decides you know he can't he's not gonna be able to stop everything so he's just gonna like kind of listen for the big stuff yeah so the banks specifically he's like i'm gonna you know i'm gonna Stop this bank robbery. And I actually really like this. Like the bank robbers come out the back door and he's just stacked cars like on either side of the alleyway so they can't get out. Yeah. Like it. <laughs> and I have to wonder whose cars those are. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so he comes out and they're like, what the hell happened to my car? Uh, yeah. I thought that was a good nice touch. <laughs> they're like, it's just they can't escape at all. There was another another funny thing of that where they're, they're saying like, oh, call so and so. And he's like, I got him on my speed dial. It's like, Speed dial. Speed dial. In 2019? Come on, Frank. Is this 2019? Who knows? <laughs> I guess we don't know. Uh, there was that modern goth kid in, in the <laughs> in the first issue, so yeah. I was like, the timeline's a little wonky. Here. Yeah, it's comics. <laughs> There's a, another comics podcast I listen to that I don't know if you want to endorse other shows on your, your show. So. Oh, I don't mind. Well, it's a show called iFanboy that I very much enjoy, but they have sort of an ongoing like mantra whenever stuff like that happens where they're just, they just say nothing makes sense. Nothing matters. Yeah. And yeah, then, true enough. Yeah, yeah. Like when it comes to comics, nothing makes sense. Nothing matters. Yeah. It's like, yep. <laughs> just don't think too hard about it. <laughs> uh, so after stopping the bank robbers, he goes to, I think it's supposed to be like a meth lab or a, it, they might say heroin. I don't remember. It's some drug lab. Yeah. Like he, yeah, he, it's like a mo- um, another montage, basically, because he's just like stopping a bunch of random crabs. Yeah. 
Uh, like domestic abuce where he stops that guy and yeah. hangs him out the window and then has a quite quite the Batman move where it's just like leaving. I guess that was a Superman move too, wasn't it? Just leaving bad guys outside the police station. Yeah, he keeps the cops, uh, got the cops that go out the door and he's got just like a line of people with signs on that say what their name is and what they do. And like someone, yeah, someone's pretty fucked up. It's like one of them is like he's a rapist, uh, one's ideal heroin to children. Uh, I use a gun to rob people and I, I steal people's life savings. <laughs> I assume she like works at a bank. Or yeah. Something. something like that. Like it's just like, uh, then he stops the guy, some who, financial uh, con woman or whatever. Uh, yeah. Is that a chop shop? Like car dealer? Uh, what is it? A grand theft auto kind of ring. Yeah. Um, and then he starts kind of getting a reputation. People start catching them on their smartphones, which means it's gotta be in the, Timeline is somewhat recent. Yeah. I'm going to stop thinking And about I guess it. in about, uh, how old Batman in Dark Knight Returns is supposed to be 55. Okay. That's how old he is. If they are all like, let's say at most in this part of the story, Superman is 25 years old, you know, graduated college. Yeah. Spent a year banging a mermaid, <laughs> probably about 25. So that would mean Batman's about 25. So that means in 30 years in this timeline, from 2019, Ronald Reagan will be president, and <laughs> and Superman <laughs> will be his lapdog, and they'll have a cool big dumb fight. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Superman starts getting a reputation, and uh, sorry, I lost my place again. Oh no, you're good. I'm glad you edit these. Yeah, It'll make me sound like I know what I'm doing. Um, okay. So yeah, back at uh, Daily Planet, uh, Perry basically comes out, says, hey, there's a hostage hostage crisis at Luther's palace, which I didn't know Luther Luther had a palace. Yeah. The first, I think, two times I read through this, I just read that as Luther's place. (laughs) Yeah. And that made sense enough. I mean, yeah, it makes sense for sure. So they kind of call all hands on deck. We're all going down there. And they're like, oh, like grab Kent. And they're like, oh, I don't know where he is. He had to go to the bathroom. And Lois says, useless. <laughs> yeah. Where we see him in a closet with a cat. Yeah, there's a cat. And uh, in the Daily Planet closet, apparently. Yeah. Uh, keeping all the mice out, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Uh, we see him donning his uh, Superman garb. And then we get a pretty beautiful full page spread. It's a very, uh, a very JRJR kind of yeah, page. Yeah. With in the, the lightning. Rain. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, really rad. It's a very good one. I like that one. I was going to say, too, um, uh, just a couple pages before when we were talking about how people start catching them on their smartphones. I love that. I'm a big fan of this. I don't know what you call it. I'm a hundred, a thousand percent sure there's a correct artistic term for this, but so it shows a lady taking a picture of him with her smartphone. Right. And like most of the photo is just like the night sky, you know, like with stars and shit. And like, there's like a, there's a bit of a cityscape underneath it. Like, you know, the skyline, but like, and it's just, a tiny kind of like you can make out the cape and like it's just him like kind of in the corner and like i love that like i guess it could be called like i don't know minimalist or something i don't know but it's like just a a normal scape with like a tiny thing there and like it's just superman and i love images like that i think that that's really cool but yeah. but yeah but yeah this one this full page spread of him like with the lightning behind him and shit Again, I wonder if that's an homage to Dark Knight Returns with the, yeah. the lightning shot, except for it's not a silhouette. It's like an actual, like, you know, picture of Superman, but it's pretty cool. I like it a lot. Like the rain's hitting him and stuff. I'm going to have to, like, do a little more looking into that to see if 
see if I can find anything about this being the same yeah. universe. <laughs> I just that. assume it is like, it, it seems yeah. like everything he does is, is that now, you know? Yeah. And, and like, I don't know <laughs> if he says that the year one Batman year one is, even though it's the origin that, you know, it, it, they, they use canonically for Batman. Like he says that that's in the dark Knight universe. <laughs> like that's, that is the origin of that Batman. Everything apparently. Frank Miller writes is in the Frank Miller universe. Apparently. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. He can't keep it straight, though, either. So it's OK. <laughs> uh, so they go to Luther's palace. Apparently it is. Uh, Lois is in a helicopter yeah. and they see Superman shoot past them. Yeah. On his way to go do that. And he's got he gets a very uh, a, a very Batman-y panel. Oh, per- he's perched on the corner of a building. Yeah. He's like leaning over. Yeah. It's a <laughs> uh, and then what I wrote here was the hostage situation is basically that scene from the dark Knight. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It pretty it's much like is heli- like police helicopters, press helicopters flying outside and they got a- all the hostages tied up and you know, wall full of windows. And it, it very much reminded me of that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so these, uh, terrorists, bad guys, I don't know what they are. Bad guys. Uh, one of them's got a really, they, they all actually appear to have a strange tattoo on their arms. Oh, you I noticed never, that. I just noticed that right now when you said it. It's like a, uh, a scope sun? scope site thing, with, like green with like a sun. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Huh. And, yeah. and I don't think it really gets explained. So <laughs> they probably explain that in uh, Dark Knight Returns. They might. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, um, yeah, I really like this sequence of him saving the girl or yeah. the, the little kid. Um, like, uh, it, it's a, it's very Superman-y. Like with, with like a dark hostage situation, mm-hmm. you know, like he just, he just flies past so fast, knocks the guy out, grabs the girl that, uh, that he had in his hands and he's just like talking to her and he's like, don't worry, sweetheart, we're just going for a ride or whatever. And like, uh, keeping her calm and everything. And it's like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> so, it is a very Batman situation, isn't it? It is. It's like, it, like the backdrop of. Especially being nighttime. Yeah. You, know, you don't usually see Superman in raining and shit. And like, it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a very Batman situation, but just with him <laughs> doing yeah. his thing. And then the kid barfs on him, which is funny. Uh, I enjoyed that. Oh, and he kind of swaddles the baby a little in his cape and leaves that behind, which does that come back later? I don't know. It's gotta. I think it would got to. It flies uh, back to him. But yeah, so Superman basically goes, he rips, literally rips the roof off of the building. Yeah. <laughs> um, and takes care of the hostage situation. It's That's easy where, peasy. I thought this panel was kind of understated, like where it's like, I feel like this would have been like a, a huge moment, but they all fucking start firing their guns at him and shit when he's lifting up the roof. Yeah. And, it, and it's that classic, like, you know, bullets bouncing off his chest and shit, which is, you know, iconic. And it, and it looks great. Like when Ramita draws it. And it even has the caption where he's like, like, cause the, the guy's like, you know, shoot him down or whatever. And, uh, it, it, like the narration's like just a man, a man of steel. And it's like, that feels like that should be like a full page or something. Like, I don't know. Like it's, it's, it's more than a small panel. Yeah. It's like kind of unnoticeable if you're just like, you know, reading through like, you know, where your eye goes, but like, it seems like a big moment. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but he basically wraps the roof around the bad guys. Yeah. Uh, and like ties them up with the roof of the building and uh super extreme yeah just like problem solved basically yeah i guess (laughs) uh during all this uh lois just like 
rappels out of the helicopter onto the roof to get pictures because she's apparently like Indiana Jones. Yeah. Uh, so good on her. She's quite the adventurer for a reporter. She is. Down yes. in a yeah. submarine by herself and then slinging out of helicopters on the rooftops. Like, she does whatever. That's why she's a Pulitzer Prize winning reporter. That's not. <laughs> you know, that makes sense. Uh, so here's where we see Luthor. Yeah, we see Lex for the first time. And he's just, you know, being shifty. Yeah, he's pretty menacing, I think. Usually. You know, I mean, uh, Miller writes him, I think, pretty well. Yeah, he's good at writing. <laughs> I mean, it's sort of similar to like the Kingpin in the Daredevil book. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot like that, I guess. It's a, I don't know, you know, I, I feel like he does a pretty good job. I was actually kind of surprised where this turn takes, like, because we see them here meet for the first time. Yeah, and it's like amiable. <laughs> Kind of. Yeah. She's yeah. like, oh, yeah, like, a, you know, let's work together. Kind of like, I'm not a bad guy. And yeah. Like, Superman wouldn't know any better. Superman's you know? It's like, okay. All right. Like, it's like here's, he, he's here's the bad guy. Yeah. It's Batman. And yeah. Again, he Superman did, wouldn't know any better. He does the old BVS trick. Yeah. You know, that famous, that famous old chestnut, you know. But Clark does, or Clark. Superman, yeah. That, that shit shocked me, actually. We should, I shouldn't blow past that reveal there. But like, yeah. So Luther points Superman towards Batman as if Batman is the problem. And I was like, Batman's in this book. Like, and, and then I, and then I had to like quickly check my page count. I was like, how many pages are left here? And we're like introducing Batman and like, and then it gets, it, uh, you know, spoilers. It gets a little bit even more fucking crazy for <laughs> not having much time left here. Yeah. But yeah, no, he totally introduces Batman and I'm like weird. Like, you know, I, I mean, like, I, I, I don't know that that's just, that's just strange to me. <laughs> like like i mean you know i guess just the implicit nature of like the the idea of like the year one thing yeah like you kind of just assume like it's gonna be a standalone solo story and this like tries to connect to like you, you rarely ever see like other heroes in those stories and shit i guess yeah. like you know and it's just uh it's a little strange so we do see after i was just saying superman wouldn't know any better there is a panel where Lex is like, oh, let me show you some photos and, you know, show you how bad this guy is. And the captions say, don't trust this man. Yeah. Like he like Clark is hesitant, but at the same time, he doesn't know. Right. Like he's like, and I, I feel like he'd be like, well, if this is actually a, if, if this guy actually is as bad as he's saying he is, then like, yes, I should do something to help. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but yeah, he doesn't like necessarily like he's not like so dumb where he's like, oh, like, you know. This guy wants to help me. It's like he's suspicious of him, but he's also like, well, if he's giving me accurate information, then or semi-accurate information, I can see for myself type right. of thing. Like, so from there we jump to another pirate situation. Uh, at least I think it's pirates. I don't know if, remember if they actually say it's pirates. It seems like it's some hostage on a boat. Yeah. Shit, yeah. <laughs> um, where Batman is holding a gun. <laughs> he's the Which, goddamn Batman, and and his uh, his first line in the book. Says you're going nowhere, not for a long, not for a damn long time. I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, so Batman, you know, saves the hostages. Well, you say he saves them. They still look like they're blindfolded. He, they're just in a boat. And then he just sends the boat away with blindfolded well, hostages in it. Well, I think that those those people are the bad guys. Yeah, because he says, uh, <laughs> he speaks so fucking funny. It's he, But he says, uh, wages of sin what can I tell you? Keep moving pirates or you're all dead. Uh, so I think he okay. tied them up, but yeah, now it's like, well, who are the hostages? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, Batman jumps in the water and yeah, Batman's just a dick the whole time. 
as a, as a little underwater propulsion device to take him away and See, I thought, the ship. I thought we were going to go to uh, he goes underwater and he meets Lori. <laughs> Love triangle. <laughs> yeah. And now, and now we're back on the Atlantis shit. Uh, strangely just doesn't come up again. So now Superman has his cape back. Yes, and, he got it back. And they're at a press conference type deal where basically Luthor is telling everyone like, hey, we got this guy. He's going to help us take care of the, the you know, the menace that is Batman. Uh, yeah, it's weird. He has like this hard anti-Batman stance that apparently is like a sentiment to like the greater public, I guess. Uh, I like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like they paint him as like a terrorist. So it's like, it. Uh, I mean, OK, like, sure. But, but <laughs> it's like, a, I don't know. As Luther's making this speech, Superman kind of says like, hey, wait, hang on. Like we didn't, uh, but like, you know, isn't man able to get like a word in basically. He's like, yeah, it's like, hang on. Like you're telling these people I'm doing things that I never agreed to do. Yeah. Um. So already he's, you know, this, he's already kind of figuring out like he's being played, I think. Yeah. Like Luther's just, just using him, you know, as like a fucking Cape guy. Oh god, this shit surprised the hell out of me too. I just flipped to the next page. The fucking Joker shows up in this goddamn book yeah. too. I was like, why not? How many pages do we have left? I'm like, fuck. Like I was like, this they is cram so, a lot into this. So weird. I was like, here. yeah, it's just I, I don't know, just weird as hell. So yeah, we're in a train car in like an abandoned subway tunnel in Gotham City or under Gotham City rather. Yeah, where Luther is meeting with the Joker, uh, talking about building or not building, uh, making him some new drug. Which I assume they're <clears throat> referring to, like Joker toxin. Joker toxin, yeah. Probably, I would, I would, I would think. Um, yeah, because he says we need a new drug, one that won't quit. It'll make people go crazy, or yeah. make the people crazy. And it's like that—that's got to be what they're alluding to. I yeah, yeah. It's it's it has to be. But yeah, it's just I don't know, man. This is so fucking weird. There's just so much like rapid fire shit in this in this issue, and like it's just like none of it is like horribly out of nowhere like the Atlantis shit was in the last one but it's also just like oh wait okay like you know it's a it just it just throws stuff because it's like it almost feels like editorially mandated it's like it's like you gotta put Batman in there like you know and you gotta put the Joker in there like you know it and it almost seems like the pitch was four issues yeah like there should have been more we'll give you three but you need to do all that in it yeah, it's so weird. Like, it's just like, like I said, and like, this is literally like, this is the only time he shows up, right? I think so. It's like yeah. just this literal one page. And even this, like, yeah, he, he shows up for this and then immediately Batman's hand comes into panel. Yeah, Luther, him. yeah, Luther leaves the train and then like fucking Joker's just sitting there on his fucking iPhone or whatever. And like, and uh, yeah, Batman comes in and he's like, he's like, I'm going to question you. You son of a bitch, you know, or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, and it's like, okay, that's that. I don't know. And he just beats him up. Yeah, he just beats him up. I don't, and, I don't know. It's weird. And then, meanwhile, like, that's that whole scene. Yeah. Uh, you talk about dark pharma. Dark pharma. Uh, they're, like, making drugs? Chemicals, I guess? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And that Batman blows fucking up. blows it up yeah. or whatever. <laughs> it's like, and then... And then he says Batman thinking in this shit too. And he says, uh, striking terror, best part of the job. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? I mean, <laughs> little, little Frank Miller psycho Batman. Yeah. I'm surprised uh, he didn't say he was the goddamn Batman. Well, they're saving that for another book. Saving that. Oh no, that was the, that book already happened, didn't it? Yeah, it did. <laughs> that, was, that was long before this one. Yeah. I'm getting my book, my timelines mixed up here. Uh, 
So Luther's assistant guy basically comes and tells him like, hey, everything blew up. Yeah. And Luther gets mad and punches that guy, which I felt really kind of bad for him, even though he's probably a, a bad guy, too. It's like. Don't punch the messenger, Lex. Yeah, I thought it was strange, too, because they mentioned his name, Hector Ramirez. Yeah, like, are we supposed to know who that is? Is that, is that another fucking deep pull? I don't know who that is. I don't, I, yeah. I don't know either. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay, so we've got a scene in the Daily Planet. Oh, yeah, we see Jimmy. yeah. Was he looks the, like he looks like a little boy. <laughs> I think we had like a brief glimpse of him when they were all running out. Oh, to yeah. The thing. I think yeah. someone said well, this. He, this he like, actually talks and shit. And, yeah. like, and, uh, and they they call him, you know, Mr. Olson. But yeah, he's like he looks like a little boy. I don't know. It's weird. I mean, it kind of makes sense, I guess, if this is, you know, the early days of. Yeah, yeah. There. Maybe he's like an intern. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That would make sense. I like that idea. Let's go with yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> And not just that the Daily Planet employs small children. (laughs) Child labor. There's laws against this. Let's get Mr. Kent. Um, All right. So Superman goes to confront Batman. Yeah. Very reminiscent of uh, (laughs) the old Batman versus Superman film. Uh, I like that panel of them on the roof, like staring each other down. Yeah. It's kind of cool. It is. Good like wind effect going on there. Yeah. Both their capes flowing. That's pretty rad. I don't know. Yeah, it's it just seems like so flimsy as to like why. I mean, I guess it was flimsy in that film, too. But like why, <laughs> yes. like, like why they would really like square off like this, you know, and like luckily this does take a diversion from that, though. Like they, we don't get like this huge, big old fight from them. I mean, like Batman kind of tries. I actually really liked that where he's just like, oh, it's like, oh, I'll take care of you. And he's got all these crazy gadgets and things. And yeah. Super Red's just like. No, this isn't this isn't anything. Yeah, Clark literally does the same thing he did with the military guys earlier. Yeah. He just like kind of stands there and he's like, whatever. Like, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. But yeah, Batman is, you know, he's Frank Miller Batman, so he's kind of a psycho. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes to attack him immediately. And he's like, he's so overly confident too. And Superman's just like, all right, like Yeah. <laughs> Bring it on, bad boy, he says. I do like it when he's like, uh, he's like punching him, right? And he, uh, Batman's just fucking, <laughs> he's like thinking, he's like, what is this man made out of? And and like, he's just like, he's repeatedly doing it. Superman's not flinching at all. And he's just punching him and he's like breathing all heavy. And uh, Superman says, you gave it all you've got, pal. Hang it up already. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, after Batman is... Pretty much done everything he can. Superman finally grabs him. Yeah. And like reels back and he's just like one punch. He says one punch and you'd splatter like jello. And then a gauntleted hand comes into frame. And again, I have to, I hate to be a broken record, but I'm like, how many pages do we have left? (laughs) Cause now we have fucking Wonder Woman here. We have 10 pages. 10 pages. And we just introduced Wonder Woman, fully formed Wonder Woman, by the way. Like Uh not like, you know, fucking little diana or whatever no or like it's like she's she's wonder woman yeah this is the first time they've met we're seeing the trinity for the first time apparently in this universe and it's just like i don't know it's again like i'm not opposed to the inclusion i guess it's just it didn't doesn't seem entirely necessary like everybody inclusion in this in this issue seems like unnecessary batman wonder woman joker (laughs) like you know it's just like it's so weird like but yeah and and wonder woman like I don't know. I don't, I don't remember how Frank wrote Wonder Woman in Dark Knight Strikes Again. 
I don't, I don't remember much of that book besides the crazy shit. <laughs> and so like, it's like, but in this, she feels so weird. Like the way she talks is yeah. just strange. Like, and she's very, I mean, granted she only gets a couple pages, but it's like, she's very one track and she's just like, let's do it. Boys justice. Like, you know, like stop. That's, that's basically I, it. I do like that. She like, she is the one who's just like, stop it. You're both fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it's like that. That's kind of okay. Cool. Boys calm down. Yeah. She's like, she's like, stop being fucking idiots. But then like, but then yeah, all she is is just like justice boys. Come on, let's go. <laughs> like and they're like yeah yeah they're okay. instantly they're, there's no who are you yeah it's just like yeah okay and they're like okay let's do it also the whole thing of them like teaming up feels completely pointless because superman could have easily done this on his own exactly yeah. <laughs> like, that's what i'm saying like unnecessary there's no there's no challenge here like okay i won't spoil it let's just go forward here. Uh, okay. so they <laughs> they go back to lex yeah and, they just go to his office yeah and they tie him up with the lasso of truth and okay i guess they needed her for that but it's it's still you know it's um but yeah so you know he can't lie and so he just spills his guts about all the millions he's made off of toxic dumps and drugs and munitions and all this stuff and just yeah basically just totally incriminates himself and the three of them just stand there staring at him yeah Um, well okay you know what i just said how um they they needed Wonder Woman in there for the lasso. Uh, Superman proves that a thousand percent wrong that they did not need the lasso and they didn't need to be in this book because fucking he he even <laughs> they're like talking and uh, you know he's admitting the stuff. I guess he wouldn't admit the stuff if he didn't have the lasso. But regardless, like if Superman got him to admit things or intimidated him, like he he says like because Batman's like don't trust him. And Wonder Woman's like, he can't lie, not with my lasso on him. And Superman just confirms, he says, he's not lying, I can tell. Yeah. He would have been able to tell anyway. Like, it's like, you know. Yeah, because he can, like, hear heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, it's just, I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) They just wanted to put Wonder Woman. They just wanted Wonder Woman and Batman in the book, yeah. Uh, But the key moment thing, or the key uh, thing here that they learned from Lex is that uh, there are a whole city of people in slavery that are... uh, Slaves to Brainiac, and that that those what people, a fucking rend what a plot. There's fucking three pages left. Jesus <laughs> Christ! Like, uh, so yeah, the the bottled city of Candor. Uh, just throw all the shit there right yeah. now. Uh, which like, which in you know in this book, obviously, like Clark does not. So I'm I'd be I'm ill-equipped to give a, a whole backstory on the bottled city of Candor, but basically it's. A city of Kryptonians it, that were miniaturized and preserved and by Brainiac. By Brainiac yeah. And they're the last surviving Kryptonians. It, and so this moment is Clark learning that these people are, exist for yeah, the first time. Yeah, pe- people, people like him exist. And it's like, it's a big moment, sure. But does he uh, even know he's Kryptonian? He, yeah. I mean, like from, <laughs> I, I think that was kind of implied from the, because it said that at the beginning when he's on his ship, he's getting oh, yeah. data and things. And, and we knew that he was fully sentient at that point because he was fucking mind warping <laughs> Pa Kent, Pa and Ma Kent. But like, That's right. so I can buy that he knows he's Kryptonian. Like yeah. he knows the history and stuff like that. That makes sense. Because uh, I think they just used that in this book to replace the idea of the Fortress of Solitude. Like, you know, where he would normally learn that shit. Yeah. You know, but like in this, it's just like, no, he was smart. He's a fucking alien. He he knew it like from from his birth or whatever. But just like, go with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, whatever. That's fine. I can buy that. It, it's just like, 
the fact is that I'm like, dude, we got three pages. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're, you're throwing this shit in. I'm like, I don't know. That 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 fucking threw me for a loop. And then we so, get and then we get the demeaning of Wonder Woman. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Clark, like, Clark rushes off. Yeah, he's uh, like, I gotta go. <laughs> Peace. Like, yeah, yeah. And Wonder Woman says, "Kiss me." So because apparently, because apparently, remember, because it's not just the fact that this book, uh, you know, is highlighting moments of Clark Kent Superman's life, and we just happen to be seeing the moments where. Like, you know, he's had some love interests. No, um, it's it's every woman in this book has to be smitten with Clark Kent because they have no agency on their own, apparently. I do have to say this particular scene did make me laugh when she's oh, like, yeah, she's trying to be all romantic. She's like, give me something to remember. And he just goes like kisses her on the forehead. That would be a lot of pieces out. <laughs> that would be a lot better if they didn't meet two pages before right. that. Like, it's like, right. And I, then because then after that, uh, where is it? She's she says something like. Like, oh, come on back to me or something. And it's like, you don't know each other. Yeah. I'm like, dude, like how it's been like collective five minutes or something. Like, I, I don't know. It's yeah, it's super weird. Like, why was Wonder Woman in this book? I don't know. <laughs> like it, they needed it, one more love interest or I, something. I don't know, man. That's weird. The one love interest he doesn't but, really have is Lois. Like, yeah. it's like it's that's so weird. Like, and it's just like I, I yeah, don't, there wasn't like any like romantic anything between him and Lois. She kind of like in her little like inner monologue was like, oh, like my heart's racing or whatever. But yeah. like, but then she's just kind of mean to him like afterwards. I mean, when she thinks he's Clark, I guess, like not Superman, but because yeah. I guess she doesn't really see him as Superman after that first meeting. So like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. But yeah, so fucking weird that like every woman has to be smitten with him. And it's like, I'm not even like a person who's like totally opposed to the idea. I know that some people really cringe at that. Wonder Woman and Superman being together or like yeah. having feelings for each other. I guess I get that. I don't really mind it. I feel like there is like interesting story potential there, but like this just makes Wonder Woman seem like a fucking psycho like or something <laughs> like to me, like not that she like fell in love with Superman. It's like she literally just met him like five minutes before, you know, and it's it's so weird. Like they have no history and and she's just like the second thing she says to him that we see is is kiss me. Give me something to remember. And you're like, what? Like, like, that's just weird, dude. Yeah, and then, and then uh, so after, right after that, it's like three panels later. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm not keeping track of this very well. It says, he leaves his Amazon queen behind him and a big chunk of himself with her. It's like, what? You just met. You've maybe spent like an hour together at this point. Yeah. Like, chill out, Frank. I feel like there's pages missing from this. Like for that, like, I mean, really, like, it's like, maybe like, like, that's just maybe it, there was a graphic sex scene that just got, that had to get cut when it was, you know, rolled they just, back from maturity. maybe they banged on that roof and Batman watched or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> like, and then that, that's yeah, maybe they cut that. I don't know. But still, it, it's yeah. I don't know. This shit just falls apart like real hard here. Yeah. It's like uh, there. I do like so he flies off, you know, looking the, these last. And, and that's the thing, too, is like that shit is on my mind when I'm reading these last couple pages or yeah. the last two pages. And these last two pages are like epic as shit. And they're like super cool. Yeah. Like him flying away, talking about like, you know, yeah, like I'm going to find my my history and like, you know, go in the speed of light and shit like that. And it's the, the last page is like super Ramita-y and cool. 
I love that. Like, and it, like, it took me a while before I even noticed Brainiac in the background, and then I was like, "Oh, that's awesome! That's super cool!" <laughs> it's like it's like this silhouette kind of thing of Brainiac in the background, Very molded, foreboding. yeah, molded with like the the cosmic background and stuff like that. It's like it's super cool, and he and Superman's like flying in like that classic like straightforward like pose, and like yeah, it, and he's like streaking because he's going so fast. It's like it's super cool. Yeah, but like. Yeah, what the fuck? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm just still thinking about why Wonder Woman wanted him to kiss her, like, all of a sudden, like, uh-huh. two pages earlier. It's it's very strange. Yeah. Yeah, it is. That's a... Uh, that la- that to, last... To little... sum up this book. <laughs> that was strange. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. Like, it... I don't know, because it's, it's, it goes weird. And, like, I guess, like, in modern, like, context, like, you read a Frank Miller book... And you think it's going to be weird, but like, this is weird in like a different way. Like, like not like a bat shit way, more just like, what, what do you, like, why, <laughs> like, why are you doing this? Like, it's like, yeah, those choices are just strange. It's like, because he's Frank Miller, he has so much freedom to do whatever he wants. And like, that's not always a good, I guess, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, I, like, I don't know. Like, like I said, it just, it just kind of fizzles out for me. Yeah. It was definitely like a, not not a climactic ending. Yeah. Like I mean I really liked the like the the writing on the last like page or two. Yeah. I thought like he's still got that like good voice for, you yeah. know, those those cool like introspective kind of moments. But yeah, I I don't know. Yeah. I guess like for for if we if we're going into the the final section of uh, overall thoughts. Sure. I, yeah, I don't know. That pretty much covered I don't know. <laughs> I I just like <clears throat> there's a lot in here to like kind of chew on, but like it overall, it kind of just leaves me like going like, well, like why, like, why would I want to, uh, why would I like really want to go into that? You know, like it's, it's just like, it, it, it doesn't, um, it doesn't have that lasting impact. It should, especially with like the creative team involved. Whereas like we talked about it a little bit before, but there's a weird for a Frank Miller book, there's a weird kind of hopeful nature to it. And I like reading this in a way where Frank Miller, like clearly in his younger days, thought that Superman, he was one of those guys who thought Superman was a tool. Like, you know, I mean, like you read like Dark Knight Returns, it's like, you know, he he didn't really have any respect or like, you know, admiration for the idea of Superman. And I think it's, um, I, I was never a guy who like hated Superman, but I could see that sentiment because so many of my friends did like growing up they're just like oh superman's lame because he can do anything or he can do this that he's like a where's good, the conflict he's uh, a good he's a goody two shoes he's a he's a boy scout type thing like there's many layers of like why people didn't think superman was cool um and then like i don't want to say that it's like an age thing but like for me i just never really I never really cared about Superman. I watched him in the cartoons and stuff and I, I, I never like disliked him, but he also was like, never my favorite. And then like randomly, like five or six years ago, I got really into Superman. Like I really started liking him. And I think it was because I read all-star Superman. That's a good one. Yeah. And, and I was like, <laughs> That'll and, do it. and it was like, all of a sudden I was like, Oh, I get it. Like, you know, I was like, I get why he's special and I get like, why people have this admiration for him. It's, 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 it's very, I would honestly, I know we mentioned him before too, and it's kind of, it's a different thing, but like, I think it happened right around the same time that I really started liking Captain America, where it was like, it was like, I, I get it. It's this, this idea of like, it's not the fact that they 
are perfect because in many cases too, there's plenty of stories you can point to where Captain America makes a wrong decision or doesn't do the right thing or, you know, Superman, the same thing. Like it's like he's, or is, is faced with trying to do the right thing in a system that, that doesn't won't, want yeah, it to. Exactly. Know, like, or, it's yeah. like, there, there are examples of that, but, but at the core, it's like those, those two characters are like, are like ide- idealistically perfect. They, they want the best things. They, they want everyone to be happy. Like, you know, it's a, uh, they're just, I guess like at its core, like, yeah, sure. No conflict, no interesting. But like when you put that in the right light and really dive into it, 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 it makes for fascinating stories and it, it, it gives you, it's, it, there's a weird meta way to read that where it's like, okay, like in the stories, Superman or Captain America want to aspire to inspire people. Yeah. And then their stories can do that. Like for you in the real world, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, it's like, oh yeah. Like I know that Superman can't fucking exist in the real world, but like I get the message and it's like, it's about being inspired to be the best version of yourself. You know, same thing with Captain America. And like when that clicked for me, I was like, it's a different way of reading superhero comics. It's like, you don't read those characters for the stereotypical things. Like, it's like, I read an Iron Man book because I want to see him do cool technology shit and outsmart the fucking bad guys or whatever, you know, and have like kind of, you know, different genre adventures. But like with Captain America, it's like, yeah, I mean, cool. I'll, I'll watch him do like spy thriller stuff or, or whatever they're having him go through status quo wise. But like at the end of the day, it's like, he's just doing the thing because it's the right thing to do. And, and you got to help people and whatever Superman, same thing. Yeah. So like, I like to, that's a long winded way of basically <laughs> saying, I feel like Frank had that revelation sometime in the last 20 years. And, and, and this book in a way, because as, as weird and as like out there as it goes, it shows that he has an admiration for the character of Superman and Clark. And like, I just don't know if he has a, the right voice for it <laughs> yeah uh, or like or like a full understanding maybe i know because i feel like he has an understanding it's it's just it's, it's just like the structure of it is so fucking weird it's just his style clashes with the with the character i think yeah yeah it it definitely does and it feels weird that it has like such a hopeful ending i mean like granted like he does go off to like face a villain at the end but it, i think it even says at the end it's like the beginning of like the never ending like battle or whatever, you know? And it's like, it's like this big, like kind of pulpy comic moment where it's like, yeah, like let's, let's go do it. Like that type of thing. And you're like, that's not usually how I end up, how I feel at the end of a Frank Miller book, (laughs) you know? Like it's like, even if the hero ends up like winning the day or something, usually something is lost and it's like, I must like, you know, like Daredevil or Batman. And it's like, it's like, I must go on and do this dark deed or whatever you know like that, that type of shit because that's frank miller yeah and like and it it's just uh it's an interesting unique piece of work in his catalog because it has this kind of feeling but yeah it's like he didn't he didn't translate or change his style to fit that so it just kind of feels weird yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah like so yeah like we said before like i first read this as it came out originally and i remembered it being better (laughs) uh reading it again now it's i mean i basically to agree with everything you said it's like yeah it's just 
it's also Frank Millery, you know? And I remember when we talked about the Daredevil book, and I remember, you know, expressing that I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't so Frank Millery because I was used to more recent stuff. Yeah. Like this. Yeah. <laughs> and to have that, like, sort of... uh magnified sort of amplified version of his style in something like this being superman it's just kind of antithetical it's a weird you know? fit yeah like i hate to you know the man revolutionized comics and have, has done some of the like best work like in the medium ever but like if anything this just kind of proves to me at least in my own head that like his his style is limited yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> like to and that's OK. A, yeah. I mean, it is you fine. Know, like, it's like, you know, you know, not everyone's good at every single thing. You know, I mean, like it, it's just like, it, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just strange. It just doesn't. There's just something odd about it, yeah. you know, that like it's hard to really put your finger on. Like, but yeah. And, and beyond that, like, you know, it'd be one thing if the story was just weird and Frank Millery and like had that weird tone. But it's also like I, I got to say just outright like. The pacing in a lot of it is just fucked. Like, I mean, like, you know, it's like I we joked about it in the first part, like the first uh, issue of it. But like, it's like we'll gloss over something iconic like Lana Lang's relationship with Clark and just like just to have this like moment at the end that's supposed to be super impactful. But in reality, we only saw them dating for a page. Right. And like but then we spend uh, like half of the 70 page issue talking about you know, the bully and, and like the stuff that happened to his friends and stuff. And it's just like, which is never revisited. Yeah. Which is, which is not revisited or like, we don't even really see the resolution of. Yeah. Like, so it's just like, yeah, the pacing's just kind of fucked. Like it's just, it's, and I don't know if that's his fault or if that has something to do with like DC possibly changing it right at the last minute. Yeah. We don't know. Um, it also just occurred to me, you know, when we, when we were talking through the first issue, we were like, oh, it's first day of high school. And you were like, maybe freshman year. But then he graduates or doesn't and yeah. goes and joins the Navy. Yeah, I don't know. So that's all kind of all over the place, too. Yeah, it's just it's kind of unclear. So for all we know, he dropped out, joined the Navy, left his uh, left all the, the toolsters to just keep getting <laughs> keep hassled getting by, up. Yeah. by the bullies. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, there's just a lot of like logistical stuff that just there's no effort to like correct or let you know like what's going on so yeah there's just a lot of like weird little things and like this may sound like nitpicky but like i don't know with a creative team like this it's like you should like expect more i think a lot of the time you know and like as far as like ramita's art goes i think it's like pretty good for modern ramita you know i mean like uh it doesn't feel like he rushed it or anything like that, which is like probably the biggest complaint you can hear about him in the modern day. Yeah. Um, but like, it's also like, you know, th- there wasn't too much stuff besides some of the focal splash pages that like really like stuck out in my head, you know, like, I mean, like there wasn't, it was, it was serviceable, but like, it wasn't like, it didn't fucking blow me away or anything like that, you know, like, like compared to like something like, you know, man without fear where it's like I'm like gushing over like half the pages, like because I'm just like, oh, this like you know this works so well, and this is such a creative idea or use of that, or like fucking Electra's hair or whatever, yeah. you know, like it's like, <laughs> but yeah, like you know, I mean, it's it's perfectly serviceable and still stylistically Ramita if you like his style, but you know, 
I don't know. I, it's like I said, I mean, you know, and, and for, for me to say it's the best thing you'll ever read. I don't know about that. And like, you know, it. I don't know. I'm happy that like, you know, if, if he's, if him and Frank are proud of it, cool. Yeah. It doesn't really seem like they are. No, I mean, because like you said, like you don't hear anybody talking about it. Nobody talks about this book. And I think and it's, it's only just three that, years old. Yeah. And, and, and I think that it's, I think it's just that though. Like what we're, what we're landing on here where it's like, it's so just off. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, it's not like it. Cause I, I don't want to say weird in, in the way of like, you know, people mistake it for like, oh, it's just too out there for me or something. Yeah, it's it's like, that. it's like, no, it's, it's, it's off. Off is a better term. Like yeah. where it's like, it's not doing what it feels like it wants to do. And it's not being the other thing that we expect it to be. So it's like, it's just like, it just doesn't feel right. Yeah. <laughs> like, like when you, when you look at it as a whole, there are a lot of moments that I'm like, this is cool. And like, I like that. Or that was, that was cute, whatever. But like, then uh, you string it all together and it's like a big, what the fuck, you know? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's sort of like if you're if you're reading this whole story, all three issues, and you're supposed to at the end come up with the sort of like moral of the story. Oh, I have like what is it? I have no fucking clue. I don't think there is one. There's like hardly a through line, right? Other than just Superman is in each issue. <laughs> right. Like you know, like it's like I, I is I, is he still king of Atlantis? Yeah. What? Like that <laughs> shit gets dropped like like instantly, and you're just like okay, like we're done with that. Like wasn't he like? gonna marry her or something like i don't i don't know like it's like it's that was implied yeah i don't know super fucking weird and like especially too that that issue too the issue too is like the most like competently like put together one (laughs) as a standalone maybe yeah and like you really just don't fucking need it when it comes down to it yeah like (laughs) other than like like that whole that whole storyline with the mermaids all that served was so that Lois could get shot by torpedoes so that Superman could save her. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, well, Superman will have to save her. Well, let's have it be in the ocean because I want to have this scene on an island. Like, And then it, he came up with the mermaid plot after it's the It's like everything line. was backwards, you know? <laughs> they came up with the end first. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's some weird shit. <laughs> and then, like I said, too, I don't want to harp on this too much because I already did, but, like, it's weird that, like, every woman in the book is, like, smitten with him not even just and, and not like, absolutely, yeah, absolutely in love absolutely with, in love with like, him yeah stay with me my king what it's like whoa <laughs> like instantly yeah i guess Lori loves him instantly fucking wonder woman i mean lana at least like yeah lana potentially had known him a while yeah yeah she she had known him for a bit it seemed uh but yeah like i don't know it's just so weird he's not even that cute the wonder woman one really fucking threw me i was like what like, do you, like, I know that Frank likes to put them together, yeah. you know, like, and it's like, okay, but like, just that, like, what? Like, like, she's the second thing she ever says to him is, is fucking, you know, kiss me and all this shit. And you're like, what? Like, I don't think they do that on, on Themyscira, but you know, whatever. Who knows? Yeah. Just strange. Yeah. I don't fucking know, man. This whole thing was like it, it Frank Miller bonkers, but like not in the typical bonkers way. It's just disjointed yeah i don't know it's really hard to like just like i said look at it as a as a pure story package and be like i liked this you know like (laughs) it's like it's like 
I mean, like you said, there's there's definitely strong bits. Yeah. There's parts that I thought were good. And but it's like, yeah, as, as a whole piece, it isn't one. It leaves you, you yeah, know? scratching your head like and you're just kind of like, well, I mean, it was a thing. Yeah. You know, we did it. Yeah, we did it. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. 210 pages. Yeah. I don't know. It's just hard to put my finger on and hard to illustrate like why that is. Like, you know, it, it's one of those things that like, I, I like can't explain to like, you know, the, the listeners of this right now that it, you just kind of have to know Frank Miller and then like already kind of be familiar with this stuff. Like, I'd be curious to know, like, if you have not ever read a Frank Miller book and you read this, like, what would you think? You know, that like, would be interesting. Yeah. Like, it's like, it, because it, it, in a way, like as, as baffled as like, I may sound like it, none of this like really surprised me. Like, you know, besides the Atlantis shit, like which, which I was just like on board for because I was like, Hey, whatever. Like this left turn. Yeah. Let's go. Fuck. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> this is going somewhere. But then it just doesn't like, yeah. you know, so it's like, that's just weird. The whole, the whole thing kind of like, I feel like if, if Frank wanted to get across that, Hey, I kind of get Superman now and I like him, I'd kind of say mission accomplished. Because it feels like he likes him, yeah. you know, but at the same time, it's like it it kind of reeks of like some kind of editorial or censorship kind of fuck up. Like, you know, like because because I just find it hard to believe that even in his like elder years that he's in now, that Frank would write a story so like disjointed and pace wise, like fucked up, you know, yep. like, I mean, like he's not he's just not an incompetent storyteller right like you know he's great at it and like even when he was you know churning out like fucking weird crazy shit it still like flowed fine you know like and this just feels like it's like yeah like the pacing wasn't thought out at all or something yeah or it's just chopped to bits yeah i mean like you say it's entirely possible that it used to be something else yeah you know we we may never know we probably will never know yeah i doubt that he would ever fucking care to say anything about it you know like at this point he's just like whatever i did that whatever probably especially like with everything he's getting ready to do now oh yeah he has his own his own imprint and all that stuff old dan to dio yeah yeah that's cool yeah see how that goes well we did do it we did do it (laughs) oh shit i get i should say if i should pull it or drop it oh yeah Uh, (laughs) that's gotta be a tough one man i I can't say I would pull it like confidently for myself, like thinking purely for myself. It's like, that's okay. I would recommend it to people who like know Frank Miller (laughs) just to, just to see like, you know, like what, what it is, you know, and, 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 and get a sense of like, I guess like what he was trying to say, because in the end I I took away like, Oh, Frank kind of likes Superman now. And it's like, well, that's, that's interesting and nice. (laughs) you know i mean like it's it's fine but like yeah i mean like uh and and i was genuinely entertained by like the atlantis shit that like got me i was like i was like yeah okay sure that was like nothing i've ever read before yeah i was like i was like okay fine whatever you know like it that that works but yeah other than that it's just like it's just a hodgepodge it feels like most of the time and i just can't really like recommend it like to, for someone to just run out and buy it you know <laughs> like it's just uh I, I don't know i'll be honest after rereading it i was like you know i have all all three issues are on my bookshelf because they're you know the big magazine size yeah 
And I was like, you know, if issue one wasn't signed, I'd probably get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's like, I can't get rid of issue one and it'd be weird to just have issue one. So I guess I'm keeping them. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I can confidently say I'm never reading this again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who knows? Maybe in 10 years. We'll revisit it. We'll do another episode. 10 yeah, years the from podcast now. is still going on 10 years from now. We'll revisit that. We'll do a redemption episode for Superman year one and see how we feel. Maybe he'll have done Superman year two by then. Hey, maybe. Who knows? Well, fuck. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry to put you through this. No, no. I, I, I don't feel like bad or like it was a chore. That's you know, good. that's why it's so difficult to like quantify my feelings on this because like I don't like regret it, you know? Like, like, and I wasn't like dreading talking about it. I mean, we've damn near talked about it for like three hours. So it's like, it, it was, it was a worthwhile conversation and a worthwhile read. It just doesn't like, it's it just, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It could have, it could have been something more cohesive and, you know, leave me with more of a uh, defined purpose, I guess. And yeah. it, and it just kind of was a bunch of shit thrown at the wall <laughs> with like kind of a similar sentiment. Like, you know, they're like, oh, and the, sh- sure. And like, then that Joker scene. Yeah. And then the Joker scene, <laughs> fucking the Joker. I forgot he was even in it until we got to that page. <laughs> I was like, Oh yeah, the fucking Joker's in this. Like what the fuck for a literal page. Yeah, It's like they had to pay the Joker to be there and they could only afford one page. Like they were like, they were like, eh, okay, we'll put him in for a page <laughs> cameo. Fucking weird. All right. (laughs) Well, there you have it, everybody. Um, uh, Thanks for uh, thanks for listening. Um, If you want to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash none of my friends like comics. That way we can continue to provide you with even more great content. Uh, You get early access to episodes, updates, all that stuff. And uh, it's never expected, but always appreciated. You can follow the show on Twitter at no comic friends for updates and fun posts. uh, Or you can email the show with your comments, opinions, and thoughts at none of my friends like comics at gmail.com. And if you mark it okay to air, we'll read it on the air. Uh, We just want to get the word out about the show. So tell your friends and family who might be interested in this to give us a listen. We are on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Uh, Just want to thank you, Scott, for coming back and hosting. Hey, thanks for having me. Hell yeah, man. We're going to again. Yeah. I feel like I should almost like tease what we might do next. It's it's my pick. What Frank Miller book to do. We'll figure it out. I don't know. Yeah, but we'll figure it out. Uh, Yeah. No more, more frankly friends coming, coming up sometimes. Hopefully this, you know, won't be as confusing, Uh, but (laughs) yes. Thanks again uh, for listening and uh, we will uh, see you on the next page. (laughs) 